Hello. Hello. Hooray! <laughs> Hello. Are you okay? Yes. I'm How are you feeling? Um, yeah, I've been better, obviously, but, you know, I'm alive. <laughs> you you I, I to be honest, I'm, well, Barry saying this to the show, but I kind of expected you to sort of like start the call go, Oh, hello. Uh, it's like, you know, kind of old and frail, like you've ate, like <laughs> from, you know, uh, The Last Crusade where that bloke turns from like, is it Julian Glover? And he's sort of like, you know, he picks the wrong cup and then he goes all wrinkly <laughs> and just dis- evaporates and dis- disintegrates or whatever. Could sound like that. Expect- and there's, there's all like heart monitors and machinery in the background. Just yeah. Like beeps. Beep, 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 beep. Yeah. And then it's just like, beep. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and thank you for listening to episode 65 of 60 Minutes With. I'm Dave. This is the entertainment show for January and February 2017, which of course means I'm joined also wearing his podcast pants. It's Chris. Hello. 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 So let you into a little secret. I'm actually wearing no pants. <laughs> oh, you commando <laughs> bastard, you. Well, I've got my um, PJs on. Yeah, because uh, you know that's how I roll and the podcast. <laughs> well, you've got to do it com- in comfort, haven't you? You know, so I don't wear jeans and I don't. You know, sometimes I wear tracky bottoms. And uh, but yeah, I've got my. Um, everybody will laugh at this, uh, particularly Dave and Jerry, I'm sure. But I've got my Star Wars tracksuit bottoms, not tracksuit, sorry, pajama bottoms on, uh, and I've also got a Superman T-shirt on. Because oh. why not? <laughs> why not? You know what? I thought of putting my PJ bottoms on. Because I normally do that as well, podcasting. Yeah. Um, but for some reason, I'm sat here um, with my tighty whities on and my jeans on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are you wide front man or are you boxer or brief? You know, at my age, mate, it's got it's got to be wide front. You need the support. Is it? Oh, boxers. God. It's the fatal mistake. I did try boxers once, and it's that whole. I was going to say you take your life into your own hands when you sit down, but you take your testicles into your into your own hands, basically, because <laughs> you'll. you'll I always sort of fall out with them, you know, and you'll sit down and sort of squash a ball when you sit down. Oh, have you ever twisted a ball? Oh, yeah. It's fucking, you just think, because I'm sure, I see, I don't know, people, I'm sure people could tell me that the, the your balls don't generally move inside. They kind of, they stay in one place. I don't know if they turn around or twist around, but the feeling of actually them feels like they're twisted around is is horrible and clinking together like when they kind of like <laughs> oh it's not good so yeah i and they but they do recommend you don't wear tight underwear because you've got to give them a bit of um room to breathe i guess it's probably the wrong phrase but you know what i mean <laughs> especially like if you're a young person you want children and stuff because yeah you know you don't want them uh sort of i suppose too tight it's a temperature so. as well isn't it don't if they get a little bit too hot Yes. Isn't that got a, something to it, do? I mean, sweaty well, I balls anyway is not pleasant oh, at the best of not, times. No, not, and I don't know about you, but sort of, um, you know, it's when they do get hot and they, they, they kind of, they do hang low and they're loose. Um, it's only when they, they're cold, you know. Um, or you're or scared. Somebody, yeah, or you're scared. Or if uh, sort of I'll get the missus to sort of like give them a little jiggle and a stroke. Uh, <laughs> they, they sort of tighten up a little bit. <laughs> Which is awesome. 
Uh, let's see, if I could invent something, it would be sort of like, uh, you know, like a, a, not a ball scratcher, cause, but like a ball tickler, because there's nothing better than having your balls tickled, I think, anyway. <laughs> there's got to be something out there. <laughs> You know, because there's, there's all this sort of like they're striving to have these, um, you know, robotic sort of like uh, uh, sex dolls or whatever. But I wouldn't want any of that. You know, all I'd want is just in my time, time of life as well. I'm just quite happy with having my balls tickled. It's <laughs> it's amazing. It's like a couple of little hamsters down there. It's got it. <laughs> and the thing is, as well, it never works when you do it to yourself. It's just, it, it's not the same sensation. So, like, even if you start, I mean, scratching your balls is great, but tickling them, if you do that yourself, it just doesn't feel the same. So, you What know. about if you get, like, two two tablespoons and warm them up under the hot tap and then just sort of cup them a little bit? Uh, I suppose like a boiled egg kind of thing, you know, yeah. like, like an egg and uh, sack rice kind of thing. <laughs> egg and sack race. <laughs> that would make bloody sports day a bit different, wouldn't it? Yeah, we've just got the egg and spoon race now. You're just going to watch your dad with his balls on a spoon run down the track. <laughs> I don't know if I'd want the spoon hot, though, or warm. I think I'd be quite happy to have it, you know, just cool. Like I said, when they tighten up, they quite feels quite good when you have them tickled. So, it, totally, it makes you mind um, it sounds like a funny sensation like a shiver down my legs I'm sorry I can't believe it. I just fucking started and I'm revealing things about my <laughs> testicles and what I like to have done to them I like how you're very specific that they've got to be tight first before they're tickled they've got to be yeah and yeah. when you come out the shower as well you find that they're quite tight um, which is nice so they're in a prime position to sort of like have a good tickling it's, it's only when you're hot so it, it, that they're not so good because they'll just, <laughs> they'll just floppy and, you know, your sack yeah. sank down by your ass crack. Too wrinkly. Yeah. 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 So, no. how are you anyway? I'm, you, you're here. You're still here. I'm still here. I Which am. Which is good. Yeah. I'm, I'm pleased about that. That's all right. Because <laughs> I thought, I was haven't written 100 fucking reviews for you to go and pop your clogs and <laughs> you've got to keep going for a bit longer because I've got to get to my 100th review before at least that was it <laughs> the messages from you all it said well you bastard don't die you bastard I've got more yeah. reviews I know I was just I, you know, I couldn't give a shit about your health it was more like oh bloody hell I hope nothing bad happens to you at least because I want to get the 100th review up on the frigging site <laughs> it's up now you're alright it's fine I now I can I can just pop my clogs now you'll be fine I had to, well saying that I had to review a friggin shit films for my hundredth review didn't I but <laughs> that's the way it goes well it, it wasn't shit it just wasn't very good yeah, you know? it wasn't as good as you thought it was going to be well uh, well, I guess we'll talk about that very briefly later on yeah so. well, yeah, I survived mate I mean we've both we've both been fighting you fought this big bastard in kickboxing and I fought the Grim Reaper um, actually, I sent you the video of that. Have you? Have I haven't you watched link? it yet. I've got the link, but oh, I haven't watched it yet. Fucking hell! What? That's like, oh my god! That's like a dagger through my heart. I sent you like like a week ago. I know, you but still I, haven't watched it? My, no, I'm waiting for my balls to get tight enough that I can tickle them while I'm watching it. <laughs> <laughs> no, See, I want to watch it. Actually, to be to be honest with you, mate, I want to watch it on the telly, on the big telly, uh, okay. rather than just watch it on my phone. Um, yeah. Oh, no, don't, don't, don't watch it on your phone, definitely. No, no. So I'm waiting. I'm going to put it onto a USB stick and then watch it through the TV. Yes, that's that's what I've done. Um, but no, that was that was an experience. Um, but yeah, so talking about balls, see, because it, it's obviously it's your ticker, isn't it, that um, you, you suspected you're having a heart attack, which yeah, obviously, all joking aside, sounds fucking horrific. It was, but, yeah. Um, it's, 
uh, see, I in my head thought that Tina had attached uh, electrodes to your bollocks or something like that, and <laughs> that it had gone a bit wrong and sent your heart all of a flutter. <laughs> some some weird, weird ball-scented sex game that had gone wrong. Yeah, you know, sort of just... Uh, it, it, well, is it... Oh, no, is, is it uh, Three Kings? Where I'm sure they, they attach... Um, Electrodes. I can't remember if it's to his testicles or something like that when he's torturing Mark Wahlberg. But um, anyway, I could be making that up. I'm just thinking about Mark Wahlberg, Mark Wahlberg being t- tortured. But you know, that's, that's just what a normal thing. I guess. That it? Don't tell me your balls are getting tight now. Talking about that <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> I tell you, mine were a bit in the hospital, mate. Here you go. Here's a here's a quick story for you. Um, Any fit nurses? Yeah, there was oh. actually. Ooh. So I'm in there and they stripped me off to my waist and. Um, not a pretty sight at the best of times, me topless. But so this nurse comes in and then she says, oh, do you mind if, you know, this sort of student nurse comes in as well? Yeah. No, nah, it's all right. So in she comes, you know, it's 20 something and long dark hair. and it's, Oh, hello. <laughs> so then I've got like one nurse either side of me. So this other nurse. And it, so obviously, you know, go in and it's suspected heart attack, which thankfully it wasn't. Uh, and they're feeling where to put all the, the sensors to do an ECG on me. Mm-hmm. So this nurse is, go, is going, oh, yeah, right, so you've got to put two fingers here and then feel across this <laughs> next bit and put another couple of fingers there. So I've got, right, four four hands rubbing all across my chest, right, oh. for a few minutes in the nurse's uniform. And then, oh. right, after they've done that, they say, oh, we're going to take your blood pressure now. <laughs> it's like <laughs> fucking hell. It might be a bit high at the moment. Mm. Yeah. And and don't put the cough on my arm because there's no blood there anymore. It's all gone to my cock at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> See, I was just wondering what they were doing with their fingers. Were they, uh, you know... Yeah. Mind you, you'd love to do something with your fingers, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that would have got me sent into a different ward then if it had done that. Yes. But you, you're here and you're... I'm here now. Yeah. You're okay. I'm recovering. Ish. Yeah, I'm recovering. So, well, that's good. I'm glad that to uh, to talk to you. At, you know, because I was sort of thinking when obviously you let us. Well, Tina let me know what was going on. I was like, oh fucking hell, you know, you know, because you're one of my favourite people. Oh. I don't want anything, I don't want anything bad to happen to you. That's all right. That won't stop me from coming back and haunting you whenever the inevitable does happen. <laughs> well, you'd only uh, use the opportunity to watch me when I'm in the shower or something. Oh, I would or, do. Or messing with my own testicles. <laughs> Just give them a light tickle now and again for you. <laughs> hey, you could do that. if It's like, you know, the entity with Barbara Hershey. Oh, yeah. So instead of, well, I'm not saying you're suggesting that you rape me or whatever, but you, you can definitely give my balls a tickle. I wouldn't even fucking know it. That would be amazing. <laughs> oh, my God. See, I'm having sort of like visions, you know, in, in, that, in the entity where they must have got like a, something that blows air or whatever uh, um there's that bit where because obviously it's a horrible film you know because in terms of she's getting fucking raped by oh, yeah. poltergeist or yeah. something it's, it's it's horrible but uh, i've always had a bit of a thing for barbara hershey as well but still um there's also a bit where if you recall and I, you probably will because i fucking do where they kind of like it's almost like to sim- show this uh simulation of of this ghost or poltergeist yes. sort of like massage in her breasts so yeah. they like blow they must have blown like a hot air thing and she's got amazing tits as well or she did have by the way um but it's sort of like it'd be like that oh, just put on my testicles just that'd be oh. amazing there you go would you would you yeah. want to be by yourself though or would you want to be like you know 
on the job with your missus. And I give you, oh. a, you know, a quick tickle while you go in as well to give you that. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what you could do if I was with my missus and I was on the job, you could squeeze the shaft to stop me from <laughs> getting too excited and then afterwards you could give him a good old tickle that'd be amazing and it's like whilst my wife's giving him a tickle you could tickle him as well you could oh have my... a ball each <laughs> one each that'd be fucking awesome i'd love that <laughs> <laughs> like it's gonna happen <laughs> god you'll be you watch the first time now that's it whenever whenever i'm i've i've shed this mortal coil mate and you, you'll just be there waiting. Is he going to do it? Is it, is it going to be tonight, today that he's actually going to tickle my balls? <laughs> if, if I ever do get an odd sensation down there, I will think, that's Dave <gasps> saying hello from beyond the grave. Yes. <laughs> that's his signal. That's the one. <laughs> we'll keep that now as a signal that there is an afterlife. Uh, that'll be yeah. right. And then I'll tell everybody, yeah, Dave's can... tickling my balls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. There's a tweet to watch out for. Yeah, I have got alcohol, but I haven't even drunk any of it yet. So I, God knows what's going to happen when I've oh, had a God. Who knows? <laughs> who knows mm. where this episode's going to end? Um, before we do start, I do have to compliment you because although I've said it to you on Twitter and WhatsApp and everything else, uh, the last interview you did with Gary J. Tunnicliffe was fucking amazing. I mean, what it was time, three and a half hours long, or three and a yeah, bit hours. Yeah, it's about three, three and a quarter, I think, something like that. Um, I mean. You know, um, first of all, he's up the road. He lived up the road from me. Not anymore because he's in fucking um, Bucharest. Is he? Is he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is Bucharest now. So, uh, but no, he lived up the road from me uh, in Burntwood. So I kind of all, all instantly picked up on his uh, sort of like twang. You know, his, his uh, accent. Yeah. Uh, and then when he said where he came from, I was like, shit, that's like half an hour up the road from me. If that, you know, um, he used to play football in Burntwood, but. Um, yeah, great, great interview. Just so many great stories. Not just about Hellraiser, which, by the way, were frigging awesome because you know you got to find out a bit more about Doug Bradley. Um, yeah, which Tina's always said he's a bit of a grumpy bastard, but um, I didn't realise how <laughs> grumpy he was. Um, and then just general little stories about sort of working in the movie industry um and i'm desperate now to watch uh hellraiser judgment because obviously uh, just what he said and uh yeah it, a great interview really really fantastic so well done on that that was oh, fantastic cheers, mate. it was it was good um but i knew he would be because i knew he could talk you know he's, he is a good talker is gary did you have uh, a break because you just carry or you seem to carry uh, on no we carried on we talked um in total, bloody hell, for about four and a half hours, I think. Because we just had like a private chat beforehand, and then we carried on chatting after we finished the show. Um, yeah, and it's, I had a few messages from him today as well. See, he's a, he's a genuinely really nice guy. Yeah, he, he, he sounded like it, and yeah. I'm sure he's got some off-the-record stories about people. Um, which oh, yeah. I, I'd love to hear those, but and I'm, I'm, you know, I also kind of agree with what he said. In as much as that, um, I know that there's been a lot of uh, people moaning about the fact that Doug Bradley isn't going to play Pinhead, and we discussed this before. So, is it does it matter? Does it not matter? You know, and he's, of course, you know, the, the original Hellraiser and then the subsequent sequels. You know, it is an iconic horror character, and Doug brought him to life. There's no disputing that or help to bring him to life. But then at the same time, I agree with what he said in as much as that if he's just going to be on the fucking set moaning and sort of not really that arsed, 
you will all actually fuck off then. Do you know what I mean? Actually, yeah. bring bring somebody in who um, really wants to do it and was going to have a lot of fun with the role. And you know, uh, although so you know, so I'm although I was sort of a little bit skeptical at first, I'm willing to give this guy a chance. And mainly because of, like I said, you think, well, if if you're not happy playing the role that you've basically made you famous, because I can't. Doug Bradley's not famous for anything else, as far as I know. Um, no, that's what everybody thinks, isn't it? When you say Doug Bradley, you, I think the majority of people go, oh, Pinhead. Yeah, and so th- this new guy, Paul Taylor, um, I-, I wish him all the luck, and I hope he's great. Um, so, but there you go. Yeah, well, I'm hoping um, probably towards the end of the year to get Gary back on again. Once uh, the dust has settled from judgment, and then... Uh, it's like you said, he could... We could quite easily do like a two-hour show about each movie that he's worked on. He said he's got so many stories from, from every single movie that he's worked on. Um, yeah, and the feedback's been brilliant from it, and it was really good that we got loads of coverage on like horror sites as well. Um, mm. Bloody disgusting and Dread Central and loads of others were quoting from it and linking to the show. So no, it was it was it, was, it got a lot of airplay and it was it, a lot of people said a lot of nice things, which was really good. Yeah. Oh, that's wicked. Mm. So, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And there's more uh, hopeful, uh, hopefully great interviews lined up, which is going to be exciting. Yes, yeah, we've got some lined up. Um, mm. I think now then, I think you've set the tone, mate, for any, any male guest, the first question will be, do you like your balls tickled? <laughs> <laughs> what would, I mean, aside from the obvious, what what do women like being tickled? It's a bit probably a bit more... I don't know, sensual for women, isn't it? They probably like their ha- their hair being stroked, mm-hmm. you know, do you know what I mean? Um, I like a nice head massage, but it depends which part of the head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Which, yeah. Which head, more specifically? I feel like doing a Sid James laugh. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> Go on then, mate. What do you want to start us off with? Um... Hmm. Oh, since I've mentioned it, let's let's talk about it and get it out of the way a little bit. Um, oh God. Well, I, I, like I said in my in my review, people know that, that all of us are massive fans of John Carpenter. You know, I don't think that there are many people probably aren't fans of his. Um, and I, you know, a lot of people criticise it, but I I love Big Trouble in Little China. I think it's fantastic. I, I just love that film. I can sit and watch that. You know, as and when it's just it's a great comfort film do you know what I mean and people think that's a bit cha- uh, crap and cheesy or whatever but then some of it like we've, you said I think because you, you reviewed vampires which yeah. I do quite like um, I must admit uh, and it's sort of like he's sort of he went through such a great spell of making films in the 80s like 70s 8, um, 80s and then you know this sort of like 2000s weren't particularly kind to him and everything else but then it's it it's so Ghosts of Mars, I'd never seen it before, and I really wanted to like it, but it's just, it's sort of, there's just nothing particularly good about it at all, really. And if anything, there's things that friggin' annoyed me and just got on my tits, like the soundtrack for one, you know. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, like, I don't know. It's just, it's a shame, really, to sort of like, uh, it's almost like there's nothing really that would make you think that John Carpenter made it. I can't. Do you know what I mean? Apart yeah. from maybe the opening sort of like 
beats of the score, which you can always tell a John Carpenter score, you know, because uh, he's got that distinctive style. And since you know, I did put a message out on Twitter or people read the review and said, oh, I actually really like this. I think it's a, a guilty pleasure film. And I mean, fair play to you if you do enjoy it. And that's probably if, I, if I'd have watched it. It's, you know, I've got I've got films. I'm sure, you know, we all have. We've got films that generally speaking, people think are crap. But you like even though you know they're crap because you know you watch them at a certain time in your life um but watching this now for the first time i suppose as a 40 odd year old 40 year old bloke it just didn't do mm. anything for me it just felt sad you know it just felt like oh i wish i'd have watched i'd, I'd rather watch the thing or big <laughs> trouble in little china yeah. or, or halloween or or you know escape from new york um i'd probably even watch escape from fucking la after rather than watch this <laughs> oh my god that's damning isn't it saying that which yeah i remember watching i go into i went to the cinema to watch escape from la um and it is crap it desperately is crap but i still like watching it because of Kurt Russell and Snake Plissken. Yeah. And, but even then you could argue that's a sad sort of like, you know, end to that particular character. Even though they were on about bloody remaking that for ages, weren't they? And, and Gerard Butler was involved at one point And then it's just, I'm glad that it, they haven't because, again, that would be another one that you'd think, why the fuck are you remaking this? Yeah. Just come up with some better ideas. I mean, in some ways you'd think that, because I talked about, uh, John Carpenter inspiring filmmakers and whatever and, and Neil Marshall's Doomsday you know uh, that's kind of got a bit of uh, well a lot of Carpenter in you know a uh, bit of Mad Max bit of uh, Escape from L- uh, New York uh, you know a bit of everything really and that's a cracking film I think that's um, you know if you like I, I, I don't know a, a really nice sort of homage to Carpenter it is definitely it's a brilliant film that I like that I, one too Oh, it's great. You know, it's got a nice, really nice ensemble cast. Um, uh, Sean Pertwee gets set on fire, which is always nice. He always uh, dies violently. He does. the stuff he's in. I think, um, particularly in like any Neil Marshall stuff he's in, he always gets fucking <laughs> horrifically killed. But I love that. Um, and also, because it, it features a brilliant... Uh, well, it's got the fine young cannibals. Uh, good thing as a sort of a bit of a, <laughs> a musical um, piece, shall we say, uh, as people are being cooked alive so um yeah i mean it's it's not great i mean if people like it and obviously people do like it as a guilty pleasure then fair play to them but I, i'm just, the, the web you know the reviews on the website but um you reviewed vampires didn't you and uh, you were generally quite favorable about that weren't you yeah it was all right it's not it's like i say it's by no nowhere near his best his best work was 70s and 80s but it was i i think i said something along the lines of it was the beginning of the end of you know oh whereas you used to look forward to a john carpenter it was getting to the stage where he wasn't producing anything special and it's like you said it didn't even sort of resemble what you would call a john carpenter film anymore it was just very generic and as though it's like the all the all the creative juices have been sucked out of him basically and we do yeah. know um from the short chat I had with him on his picture house and he is he is a bit of a grumpy bugger himself. Yeah. And and but for a long time now, by his own admission, even when he was making films like that, he it had enough. He just wanted to to watch basketball and play video games, and that was it. You and can't if, blame blame him for that. Well, can you? He'd, you know, he'd he'd done enough by that stage anyway to you know have left a great body of work. So if he does want to watch some sport and play video games, fair enough to him. But I think that's sort of told in the, in the last few films that he made. It was just like his, his heart wasn't really in it. 
yeah i think um I mean, like, In the Mouth of Madness, I really like. I think that's a great, you know, cracking mm. film. I mean, even Body Bags, you remember? We talked oh, about that yeah, like, yeah. two years ago. I think that's a great sort of, like, is it Portmanteau, they call yeah. them, where it's like a collection of short films and then, like, one over, you know, kind of uh, segment that overrides everything or, or wraps it all together. Um, and he's really funny in that as well. Like, he plays this kind of uh, morgue assistant, uh, also, you think. Um, but yeah, uh, I have, I'll submit, I haven't seen Village of the Damned, but um, that's a remake, isn't it, of, uh, mm. of an old film. Yeah. Escape from L.A., uh, it's not great, but fuck it. It's not, is it? Uh, vampires, I do quite like. Uh, James Woods is always good value, I think. Um, but then it just likes, like, uh, you know, Ghosts of Mars, what the fuck. So, <laughs> never mind. Um, have you seen The Ward? Because uh, that was sort of like, that's 2010. Um, yeah, we did. We watched it a few years ago. And this says a hell of a lot as well. Can't remember a bloody thing about it. Ah, okay. Uh. So you know, there's there's a mouthful right there again. It's like no, just totally not memorable. Okay. Hmm. So there you go. That was. Uh, and and it's obviously there's been low as I always point people to onto the website. There's there's been loads of reviews. There's um, been some great stuff put up there lately. So uh, you've watched some good stuff. I mean, like that Willy Dynamite sounded amazing. Oh I god, watched, yeah. That black watch the trailer. <laughs> yeah, oh the, god. Yeah. Watch the, go and watch the trailer for for Willy Dynamite 1974. Yeah. Then then read the review and then uh, then go and buy it because <laughs> you yeah. will want to watch it. <laughs> yeah, that's certainly awesome. So, um, but yeah, that's. I guess I'll kick off with that one. Bit of a crappy one, but the the rest of the stuff I've got is uh, is good. So Ooh. I don't know if I'm gonna pass it over to you. I'll kick the ball it to you. Okay, then I'll I'll take the ball from you. There's a lot of ball talk tonight. Oh, it's like it's uh, subliminal now. It's like everything's. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. I'm going to start with probably. I know it's only like February, but I really can't see a, see anything beating this in 2017 for me for my favourite movie of the year. Mm. Uh, Train to Busan. Okay. Uh, South Korean film, I think, if I remember rightly. Um, and we, me and you, we both love the zombie movies, don't we? You know, mm. so we both love that. So it's zombies or slash infected slash whatever you know there's all these different names for them now i i don't know about you but if they walk slow they're a zombie if they can run they're infected is the yeah, way i look that, at it definitely because it's like the 28 days later but then yeah. saying that what would you classify the remake of um dawn of the dead hmm. did you say they're infected yeah yeah i'd call them infected yeah okay yeah. Fair enough. but i generally get, go agree uh, go uh, yeah. uh, agree with that yeah i think we're so growing up with the romero zombie movies that you know that's that's a zombie to me. Yeah, um, like Shaun of the Dead as well. There, so yeah, yeah. But yeah. I mean, we've seen enough of them. There's been that many released over the years that they're all sort of much of a muchness. It takes something special to stand out, and holy fuck, this stands out like mad. Mm. Um, and it is. It's basically. Well, the thing is, I've said it's like a zombie movie. It is, and it isn't. It's like most good films like this. It's it's not about the monsters. It's about the people that are in it. Mm. And you really care for the people that are in it. Um, I can 100% guarantee this, mate, that when you watch it, uh, you'll laugh. Uh, you'll jump quite a few times. Uh, there'll be quite a few times when you go, holy fuck, what the fuck? You'll, yeah, and you'll have that white knuckle moment. And I can guarantee you'll cry in it as well. Really? Yeah, I, I can guarantee all those things. Um, without giving too much away, one of the main characters has got a daughter. 
And right. we've, we've talked about this before, you know, something happens when you become a parent and you're watching films and when kids are involved, you you put yourself more in their position. You feel it a bit more, don't you? You know, once yeah, you become definitely. a parent. Um, because I, was, <laughs> I had to just go in slightly off topic for a minute. Um, I was chatting to Tina the other day and I forget. Oh, yeah, she said, oh, why don't we watch Creed? Because we haven't watched Creed since I got it on Blu-ray. Mm. Um, last time I saw it was in the cinema. And like, you know, I went three times to watch it then. And I said, oh, I don't know if I can yet. Because I'll know I'll cry again watching it. Because like I did every time in the cinema. <laughs> Which I think you did as well, didn't you? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it was just there's the, the first time I watched it. I think there was three separate times in that film where I was, I was blarting. So, yeah. <laughs> Blarting—that's a great word. <laughs> <laughs> so we got onto the subject of like crying. You know what? What films make you cry? And I said only this only twice has like I've uh, been moved to tears watching something. Both of them mm. in the cinema. Um, one was Creed, and so she said, "Well, what's the other one?" And she laughed when I told her, uh, Armageddon. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, because I watched it in the cinema and it was 1999, it must have been. Um, yeah, that's and, right. And you know the end when I, you know, I think we can give spoilers for Armageddon. It's, you know, if you haven't seen it by now. When Bruce Willis is on the asteroid and he's going to blow it up, but he's going to stay on the asteroid. You know, he's going to die and he's talking to his daughter and she's on Earth. And it's like they have that father-daughter discussion and, you know, it's the last thing, you know, they're never going to see each other ever again. Well, I watched this and my daughter was born in November 98. So whatever month it was, 99, when it was released, I don't know off the top of my head. Actually, I think it was 98, you know, I'm sure. It was could, it? I'm sure it was 1998, but carry on. Anyway. I know it was, um, I know Megan had been born when I saw it in the cinema because it was like, I was a new dad and I'd got a daughter and there was this scene and it was like, oh my God, I'm putting myself in their position. I'd never see my daughter again. And it was like, oh God, oh, I was like wow. breaking down in the cinema. Yeah, it was 98. That's right. Yeah. Because yeah. I remember this was one of the first films I watched on um, DVD. Oh, yeah, it was. Oh, I've still got it as well. It was, oh. Oh, it wasn't Criterion, was it? Or it could have been. I know I've got some fancy pantsy one on DVD. Mm. Mm. I've definitely got that somewhere as well. I was just looking for it, but yeah. Anyway, anyway, yeah. But something happens in the in Train to Busan, um, where yeah, you'll 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 have to wipe away a few tears, mate. I can guarantee you that. Really? Um, yeah. But there's some of the scenes with the well, I'll call them infected in it. Really, really uh, inventive things that happen. Um, they do. There's a few. There's one particular sort of swarm scene. You've seen World War Z, haven't you? World yes. War Z, and where yeah. they all like they're swarming over the wall and everything. There's one to do with where they're chasing a train, which was really pretty good, um, and it leads up to a bit where you know it's the white knuckles going on as well, um, and it's it's gory. There's great bits, you know, where they're throwing themselves off high buildings and just splatting on the floor and then getting back up again, <laughs> and they're all like all the limbs are hanging off and everything. Um, but the, the thing about it is it's got a real good heart to it and you really, you really care about the main characters in it, the humans in it. Uh, and that's what carries it through. So, yeah, that's that blew me away, mate. Train to Busan. Definitely oh, recommended. Fantastic. Yeah, really, oh, really good. I'm going to check that one out for sure. Uh, and a good companion piece to that, because it's also about zombies slash infected, um, The Girl with All the Gifts. Okay. Yeah, now Tina um, read this. Apparently it's... Um, quite a famous book i've not read it <laughs> no <laughs> I've <got> it <laughs> um 
I'm just looking now. It's uh, here you go. Here's a good reason to watch it. It stars Gemma Arterton. Oh yes. Yeah, always worth watching. Um, Glenn Close is in it as well. Um, it's set in England. Um, what can I give without giving it's one of them again I don't want to give too much away where there's this camp it it starts almost like Day of the Dead where they're sort of in this bunker and the you know all all these infected are surrounding them everywhere and they they're experimenting on these kids that are infected but not to the point where they are totally feral they can control them so that so they what they want to do basically is is they're um, doing experiments on these kids and trying to find a cure, um, a serum that you know if you get bit by them it's the usual thing that if you get bit by them any bodily fluids are passed you turn into one of them. Mm. So they're trying to find out through these kids, but there's one kid in particular um, who things happen they escape and her and Gemma Arterton who's one of the teachers at this at this base escape with these soldiers and it follows them through and their story and what happens to them uh, and it's another one where it's quite it's quite emotional as well because you really care for the people in it which yeah. I mean we've watched some films over over the last month or two that I'm not even going to talk about because you, you just didn't give a shit for anybody that was in it you know what I mean you got to the end of yeah. it and you well I don't I don't care if you all die but with this again um I think for a double bill, a, a a zombie double bill, you can't go wrong with the Train to Busan and the Girl with all um, all the gifts. Nice. It's got um, Paddy Considine in as well. Is yeah. he good? He's really good in it. Yeah. Um, and Tina said there's um, if for people that have read the book, um, she said it's it's more or less exactly like it, bar a sex scene that's in the book that isn't in the film. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's a couple of good recommendations then. Yeah, those two I would put definitely top of the list. Shall I carry on with the zombie theme then? Oh, yeah, go on then. Fucking hell, it's like we've rehearsed this or some it shit, is. isn't it? Um, <laughs> we definitely haven't. <laughs> um, but no, so it's moving over to TV a little bit, but mm. I know this was recommended actually by yourself. Um, the Santa Clarita Diet. Oh, yes. Um, you finished watching this now? Yeah, we. I think we took it down in three days, I think. It was one yeah. of those. We would have finished it in two, but I wanted the last few episodes. It's one of them where I want to watch the end of it, but oh, when I have watched it, it's all finished. So let's watch the last two tomorrow. And I think we eked three days out of it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we watched it over the period of a week or so, and uh, oh, it's fucking good. It's really good. It's really funny. Um, so th- th- this stars uh, Drew Barrymore, who's really cute in this as well. I know she's get- how old's Drew Barrymore these days. She's got to be um, mid forties. Yeah, be. She, she's looking all right, isn't she? I think she's. Uh, yeah, she's had. I think it helps. She's had. Well, it doesn't look like she's had any work done or anything, has she? You know, she's still sort of natural and hasn't been botoxed up or anything. Yeah, she's forty-two. So oh, okay. she's only she's two years older than I am. But yeah, and my, one of my favourite actors of all time, TV actor anyway, uh, Timothy Oliphant. Oh. Everybody knows. Everybody knows what I think about him. I'd marry Tim Timothy Oliphant. I just think he's. You would. Too. He looks. Like, He's amazing. I think Justified um, is one of my all-time favourite TV shows. I just think he's brilliant in that. <laughs> You'd do um, more than tickle his balls, wouldn't you, mate? Oh, God. Anything. 
<laughs> stick him in my mouth and all sorts. <laughs> um, but no, he's he, he him and uh, Drew Barrymore. They are um, real estate agents. Um, what would you call it? Like realtors. Realtors. I guess called. Yeah. 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 So they sell houses basically, and um, the one thing that really surprised me about this was how quick it it was. So it starts off. Um, Again, I don't want to say too much, but um, they are selling a house. Uh, they've got a daughter who's a teenage daughter, you know, so she's going through all those different emotions, you know. She doesn't, you know, not say she doesn't like her mom and dad, but, you know, they're a bit estranged in as much as that she thinks they're a bit weird, a bit boring, a bit, you know, and everything. And she's a bit sort of not sure what she, who she wants to be and everything else. And their neighbours are a bit weird. They live in between two cops. One's really cool. The other one's a dickhead. Um, and... They're showing somebody around the house, and all of a sudden, Drew Barrymore is sick, literally everywhere, like covering the room, and she coughs up something, and they're not sure what it is, and the next thing you know is that she's dead, but undead, you know, she's yeah. alive, and she's become, every, every, all of her uh, senses and emotions and everything else have become heightened, um, but obviously, because she's undead, and she's kind of taken up the role of a zombie as such, she craves human flesh. Now, so I didn't know anything about this whatsoever. I kind of thought it was going to be something similar to Dexter. Have you ever watched Dexter, or have you heard of it? Yeah, I watched... I think I saw about half of the first series. Tina watched them all. Yeah, I, mean, I kind of gave up with Dexter a little bit. I kind of thought it petered out, and so I, I never saw what happened at the end. Uh, I think it should have ended with uh, when John Lithgow's character is in it, because he was fucking mm, awesome. I've heard in, he's amazing in it, yeah. Yeah, and I'm, you know he's a great actor anyway, but he was chilling like to the bone uh, in in Dexter, uh, and just the, his character arc and sort of how he went from being this kind of cute and cuddly, uh, almost guy to just you know his portrayal uh, was incredible. Uh, but I always liked Dexter because it was like really dark humour and it, um, just the sort of the the sort of picture, the poster of uh, the Santa Clarita diet is um, Drew Barrymore and Timothy Oliphant sort of holding this uh, cooler, you know, drinks cooler with blood pouring out of it. So I didn't know anything about it. <laughs> um, didn't even know it was going to be a comedy, to be honest with you. So it's kind of, it's cool that I knew nothing about it. Yeah. It's 10 episodes there. If you cut off the sort of beginning and end music, probably 25 minutes, you know, in terms of length, which is great because a lot of the, of the time TV shows are either 45 minutes or an hour long. Um, and so it just the the humor in it is so quick and sharp and i watched this with Kay, and i didn't know which way she's going to go because i've told you before she's a funny bugger um but she was laughing her head off and i think mainly i mean she said it is because of timothy oliphant because his response to stuff that's going on is like she's kay's got a really kind of sarcastic sense of humor which drives me mad sometimes you know but He's kind of really fucking sarcastic when it comes to like the stuff that's going on, and he's sort of just he's trying to cope with everything that's happening, but at the same time he's not coping, and he's so funny. I mean, Drew Barrymore was good in it. Like I said, she's she's cute and everything. Um, the little the daughter's really funny as well, but Timothy Oliphant I think steals the show. I just think he's so good in this, <laughs> and it shows a completely different side. I've never seen him any any kind of comedy series or show or anything like that or movie um i mean i haven't seen all of his stuff but he's so funny and watching him from sort of like being this kind of badass in justified um now 
uh, just kind of really funny, uh, like character who's just kind of constantly on edge and just trying to cope with what's happening. He's brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant. Um, it is like you said. It's, it's, his, it's his reactions because they're, they're like this middle class family, aren't they? And then everything goes tits up, and she's got to eat people to live. But what yeah. makes it worse is they, their neighbours either side. They've got cops living either side of them as well. Yeah, it's so it's so good. It really is. And um, I have to say, the I mean, I think this has been probably it's a Netflix only show, mm. isn't it? Yeah. Um, I mean, Netflix and Amazon, they seem to be putting out loads of frigging shows, don't well, they? Yeah, well, both of them, they've sort of swung away because when they started, they re- relied more or less 100% didn't they, on buying films and TV shows and yeah. and having the exclusivity to show them. Whereas now it's like they're turning it around where most of the stuff they do, it's, it's the original shows that they're pouring money into. It's like Amazon, isn't it, with um, the Grand Tour? With Clarkson yes. and May and Hammond and all of that. I mean, bloody hell. I've only just finished watching all of them. And they must have spent millions on that. <laughs> you can yeah. see it across. But the, the, the original programming that, like you said, Netflix and Amazon are doing now, it's bloody good stuff. Oh, it's top notch. I mean, I haven't watched all of them, but I mean, like, you know, stuff like Narcos, I've heard is really good. And um, obviously, uh, Netflix have got the Marvel license as well, so they're you know they're, they've struck gold, and I loved uh, Daredevil. Um, I haven't watched Nick Cage, but you know they've got a whole slew of of kind of Marvel content uh, coming out and everything else. So this was absolutely brilliant. The, my only thing is the ending. It's like I, I wanted a, a slightly more mm. satisfactory ending. Yeah, yeah, me too, mate. Me because too. it just kind of like stops. And I was like, "Oh, I've got to wait fucking ages now for this." I kind of wanted a, I don't, I don't mind cliffhangers as such, but it was like there was no conclude, there's no real conclusion. No. Was that? It, was, it we, was like it was just the middle of an episode, really, wasn't it? And it was like, "Yeah, oh, and that's where it's going to end." Because <laughs> I thought, "Hang on, I'm missing something. Is there another episode?" Yeah. Um, but there isn't, and I'm like, "Oh, bollocks." I don't know that other shows do that, and but things like Game of Thrones and whatever, they'll have conclusions to some things, but then they'll open, leave things open. Whereas yeah. this was just like, oh fucking hell, it's like a mid-season kind of break, you know. Whereas there's, you just don't know what's going to happen next um, or where it's going to go. So, and I've no idea when this is going to come out. I mean, it's only just come out now, so I'll probably have to wait like a year at yeah. least. Oh god, yeah, that's the trouble, isn't it? But. Um, yeah, that's my only criticism of it. I thought it was really funny, really sharp, consistent, like laugh out loud moments. Yeah. Here. You know, like proper laugh out loud, uh, not just a chuckle. And like I said, kept my, you know, biggest critic in, in our house is my wife. And she thought it was hilarious. Just laughed it, laughed it up. Yeah. It's, it's about a good strong 15 rating as well for the gore and, you know, this swearing in it. There's, you know, fuck this and fuck that. And, you know, there's a, there's a lot of bad language in it and, and there's certainly a lot of blood in it. <laughs> yeah, so it was great. There you go. Mm, yeah. So to car- carry on with the zombie um, theme, I guess. They did. It did carry on. I'm just looking. Can I carry it on any further? But can you? Oh. Well, in a way, actually, yeah, I can because we'll Ooh. we'll we'll slip into a little bit of manga. Oh, I love it when you slip into stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Especially that manga, that manga stuff. Oh, Ooh, is oh. it? Um, well, oh, what's the porn manga stuff called? It's most of it is, isn't it? All that bloody tentacle 
sex stuff. <laughs> oh, God. No, it's hentai. There hentai. you go. Hentai. Oh, God, yeah. Hentai. No. It's not hentai. No, unfortunately not. No. Oh. Uh, maybe I should watch some of that ready for the next one. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to find some hentai series. I've never been tempted, I have to say, whenever I've sort of, um, you know, been sort of glancing over Pornhub or uh, whatever. <laughs> I'm sort of like, you know, you get sort of like see a little bit of, like, it's not, there's weird shit on there. Like, fucking um, Homer Simpson shagging Marge Simpson. It's like, why would yeah. anybody want to watch that? Or fucking um, Peter Griffin banging Lois. It's like, why would you watch that, you know, when you've got real women getting the arse drilled off them? You know? <laughs> and you're going to watch, like, Marge Simpson instead. Yeah, it's a little bit weird, but still. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't really make any sense, does it? Not really. No, I was, I've just been looking. Now, let me just bring this up on my phone, because, again, just going off on a tangent, I was going to talk about a documentary, um called because normally on these shows it's stuff that we recommend that's really good um and i thought how could you go wrong with a documentary called and this was on amazon male sex toys oh mm, one hour 28 minutes i'll read the blurb out and this is what got me interested with it um the world of male masturbation is a confusing market and cultural phenomenon it's, okay is it is See, it really I'm I've just gone to type in male sex toys into fucking Google. That's probably not a good That's idea. That's probably not a good thing. Or maybe it is. Who knows? You might find that elusive ball tickler you were looking for. <laughs> you might do. If we hear your credit card coming out in the background, we know you have, mate. Oh, uh, um, the first the first thing that's got lovehoney.com. Oh, what's promote, on there then? Type in mail. Not to pr promote them. Um, maybe we could get sponsored by them. Maybe we should promote them. <laughs> oh, it's just come up. The 11 best sex documentaries... Oh, okay. Well, this yeah. won't be on it. Trust me, this will not be on it. Really? Oh, mate, here you go. So you see this, an hour and a half, and it's called Male Sex Toys. Um, yeah, cultural phenomenon. From fake female genitalia to the stigma of male masturbation being a failure to get a sexual partner, filmmaker Mike Fallick... Talk <laughs> <laughs> That's bollocks, come not, on. Not Fallick, Fallick, with an F as well. Fuck oh, off. Um, <laughs> so it's probably like his his um, his director name, isn't it? Mike okay. Falek. And this is where you could sue the fucking arse off of them. Talks to the funniest comedians, podcasters, entertainers and sex experts in New York City and the world about the status of male sex toys. I thought, oh, that should be good for a laugh and make for some in interesting chat. Yeah. Oh, never. I think because me and Tina sat and we put it on the other night. Have we seen such inept filmmaking? It looks like it had been made on a phone that somebody with Parkinson's was holding the phone <laughs> while they were filming it. Oh, shit. Because it, it, was like, it was just like shaky as fuck, the picture was. The sound was shit. It was talking heads of these people sat on the couch wherever um nothing in the slightest bit amusing or informative or entertaining it was like bless we like oh this is like just too bland let's and then like the camera work was really pissing us off um let's fast forward it a little bit let's see what happened and that, it was that and it must have taken us like about 10 minutes to blast all the way through and it all looked so shit whenever we stopped and watched it it was like 
you'd be better off just having a wank instead of watching that. You really would. It was awful. How how they could fuck something up like that, I've got no idea. God. So, yeah, I mean, I, don't watch I'm that, still, I'm still looking at it. I've typed in male sex toys Amazon. Uh, did you say it was on Amazon? Uh, it's on Amazon Prime, yeah. See, if there's nothing that's come up for the frigging thing. I've got exclusive male sex toys from Love Honey. Um... Uh, male masturbators and health and personal care uh, from Amazon um, fleshlights it's like they're not even there's no it's called male sex toys yeah that's the name of the documentary uh, oh, I can't find anything Actually, I it. typed it into I typed I'm just looking again now I typed it into IMDB and it wasn't even coming up on that hmm mm. I don't uh, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's like there's all these weird things. Like I've just gone on to Love Honey, by the way. Okay. Uh, it's just like, <laughs> you know, there's stuff on here like vibrating cock rings and um, uh, oh, a 10 speed silicone waterproof cock ring. Uh, oh, a Riley Reed flashlight. She's a porn star. But not, well, I'm guessing she is. No, <laughs> I've never watched any of her stuff. <laughs> um, oh, here we go. A lot of cleavage, love doll. <laughs> <laughs> Foxy Roxy vibrating bloat sex doll. But, oh, a super sucker oral masturbator. Um, why would you buy something that requires cleaning out afterwards? It's yeah. like, that's the thing I don't get. And, and like love pumps, penis pumps, whatever you want to call them. I mean, they've been around for fucking years, haven't they? But these things, they're so weird, these um, these masturbator things. Because I'll, I'll have to send you a link to one of them. But they look like um, microphones that you put to your <laughs> mouth. You know, they're that kind of shape. Except there's, there's one where it's got like uh, a butthole. Um, with lips. And obviously... <laughs> it's like something out of Society, the movie or something. It's so the fucking... hunting scene. It's so weird. I don't know why anybody would buy stuff like that. It's just... Uh... See, so, you now if they did, like you said, with you know the cleaning out thing afterwards, if they, if they did, like, disposable ones, you know, use once and throw away... Yeah. Maybe if it was These... like that. I click on that link I've just put it in the chat okay. that, that, so you can see exactly what it is I'm sort of looking at there's a, a, a program uh, on oh my channel god that one with the lips looks they're so weird aren't they that is uh, weird on channel 4 I think it was like and it was about these kind of like realistic looking sex dolls that people would take out like there was this sort of creepy looking old bloke who take dress this fucking doll up in his look like his mom's clothes take it out to the seaside and sit on like a cliff <laughs> i saw that one was in it the one car. where the guy had like he had a house full of them as well yeah yeah, yeah. and and then like there's one and he'd say yeah we have sex and everything um but then he says that you know i have to clean it out and he got, he's got like a fucking a bottle what what cleaner you know what i mean like on a you know what i mean and it's like oh god <laughs> it's like Taking the, I mean, you know, say taking all the romance out of it, but fucking hell, it's oh, I don't get it. I genuinely don't get it. It's, I mean, just, it's always. I saw a documentary years and years and years ago. Um, Real doll. Have you seen about real dolls? I haven't seen that one now. Oh, this, these are the famous ones. I'm just on the website now. It looks like you've got a, looks like you've got a bloody 
give all your details before you can even select. No, I haven't. I'm fucking... Oh, mind you, I've already put them in once before, so... No, I'm joking. <laughs> oh, my God, you can even get men now as well. Jesus Christ. Okay, look yeah. At, look at, um, this is weird. Let me just put... Sorry, put a link into this. This It's called uh, the Ultimate Vibrating Penis Extension Kit. It looks like a cock, but it looks like a fucking dinosaur's cock. Because there's, point, <laughs> there's points. And you, I'm assuming you slip it onto your own knob, and there's points and shit hanging off it. It's look. It looks like an alien's dick. You you know, like from fucking Alien. It does look like that. It looks like, yeah. Ugh. There's one bit coming out of it where the woman would have no choice that this bit's going up your bum, whether you like it's, it or not. Yeah, right up your ass. Yeah. Oh, dear. Anyway, I'm going to carry on looking. You carry on. Go on. Where was I now? I'll just send to you um, <laughs> this link that you can look at for oh. a strange, very strange one. Um, yeah, where was I? Where was I? Yeah, manga. Oh, fucking hell, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> you weirdo! I told you there was male real dolls. I Jesus Christ! That's Nick. Say hello to Nick, the real doll, and, oh. and his and what would you call it? His um, his semion. His, That's weird because yeah. like the rest, of the, he looks like obviously like a fucking doll. He looks like a naked action man, but with a huge penis. But yeah. the thing is, the penis looks fairly realistic. <laughs> so yeah, realdoll.com if uh, for the premier sex dolls. Oh my or, god! Or love honey uh, for our new sponsor. Oh, see if you look at the because the three pictures. Uh, this is no good for listeners, but I'll try and describe them. So there's a picture of him and his torso from the front, so you can hmm. see what he looks like. There's a picture of him from the side. Then the, click on the picture of him from the back. Look With. at his, te- his testicles are hanging down fucking a bit low, aren't they? <laughs> Talking about bollocks. He's definitely not just got out of the shower, has he? That's weird. <laughs> fucking hell. How much are these fucking things? I don't, thousands, aren't they? Oh. But, you know, if you want, if you want oh. the best. $6,549. No, oh, hang on, no. Normally, $8,049 plus shipping... But now just $4,500 plus shipping. A massive $3,549 saving. <gasps> Fucking hell. Would you spend that much money? You know what I mean? It's When you could they go to that have... massage parlour in, where was it that we were talking about in the last episode? <laughs> yeah. We just have a wank. What's wrong yeah. with having a wank? I mean, fucking hell. Why do you have to make a big thing out of it? Well, it's like, oh, I'll get the doll out of the fucking cupboard or I'll, you know, I'll get the, one of these vibrating cock sleeves and I'll stick it on there. Yeah, or... and then you've, got, just... to, then you've got to clean it out. How do you clean out a real doll? Just have a toss, you know. <laughs> or if you're a lady, have a flick. A it's quick like... flick. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking at least things look horrible this super sucker oral it's like oh my god I'm going to have to send this picture for you it's where do you keep them as well I mean you can't especially if you do like you go the, the you know the full hog and you have a real doll where do you where do you keep it look at this it's so weird oh my it's, god so the it's, super, a, it's a, the super sucker oral masturbate <laughs> it's like it's like you know the bit in Nightmare Elm Street, Nightmare Elm Street Three, where <laughs> Freddy turns into a snake and he starts swallowing up uh, Patricia Arquette. It's fucking like that, isn't it? But it is. It's like a worm with a mouth. It's all right look, if you've got a Freddy fetish, I suppose. If you didn't think of that. Fucking hell! Oh, the oh. weird things that men will put their cocks into. Uh, well, yeah. yeah. I wonder, actually, are there any reviews? 
what people have thought about this what's kind this of one? Chris Jellyman, the Midlands. What's this? <laughs> 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 oh dear. Anyway, mm. sorry, I got distracted by all these fucking weird sex toys. <laughs> so weird. Um, yeah, well, unfortunately, there are, there are no sex toys in this, but being manga, there is a little bit. There is a little bit of, of females with wearing tight body hugging outfits. Oh shit, that's what we were talking about, wasn't it? We were, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know you're still flicking through that site, mate. No, I'm not. I've stopped. Uh, I've yeah. stopped. I promise. <laughs> Just hear this strange sound in the background as you find a particular <laughs> favourite of yours. <laughs> um, yeah, the Gantz G A N T Z series apparently has been like comics, um, graphic novels for quite a while. There's been previous films as well. I knew nothing about it, and this was again. Uh, I think it was. I think it is Netflix. I don't think this was Amazon Prime. I think it was Netflix. So flicking through, and I don't know why it caught my attention. I just read the blurb for it, and I thought, oh, that sounds quite interesting. And you know, just now and again, you just you see something, you think, yeah, I want to watch that. Hmm. So we watched it that night, and it's um, and we both Tina loved it as well. We both really loved it. It's where these people um, awake in this room, they're killed. They awake in this room and they are basically put in in the real world, which is also a video game. It's a bit hard to describe where these monsters are attacking. So to get it down to the bare bones, it's people fighting monsters all the way through it. Hmm. Uh, it looks so the the creature design in it is incredible. It is really, really good. Um, one particular one that is made up just of all naked female bodies. This really tall monster thing is really good. Uh, if you score 100 points within the game, you've got three choices. You can either uh, get put back into the real world proper. You can bring back one of your companions that died during that mission. Uh, or you can upgrade your weapons. And so for the next time that you fight, if you want to stay in there, you've got be better weapons. Mm solid bloody action movie mate really solid action movie um and it looked it did look really good and I've, I've read some reviews of people that have sort of blasted it for the graphics and going oh it looks a bit like remember the old final fantasy movie i forget yes. what it was called the first Spirits one within, I think that's it, it yeah people were saying oh that was better than this i think the style of this really suits it um but we were just blown away by it the action in it and like I say the creature design and everything and the story apart from the ending where we the very last scene had us scratching our heads a little bit and we were debating, well, did that mean this or did it mean that? Um, but apart from that, even if you've got, like, no history of watching manga or anything like that, I would highly recommend this. Gantz Zero. Hmm. There's a live-action... Or actually, is it live action or is this the one? Because there's, a like, a proper anime is, like, such. Yeah. And there's a live-action version. Uh I think that might be it because there's a, just looking on IMDb, looking at it, and there's because there's two versions. There's um, like like you said, an animated, like traditional animated. Yeah, I think so, it's a pretty. I think when because I, I mentioned it to my son because he loves manga and he'd never heard of it, and I said, "Oh, you need to watch this." We watched it the other night; and it's really good. And, and then he did some research on it, and I'm pretty sure that he said there's, and I think it was a live action, but a prequel to it being made. Okay. Yeah. 
Ah, so that's good. I do like a bit of anime. I don't watch it often enough anymore. I must admit, I used to like it when because Channel Four years ago used to have it on late at night on a Friday or a Saturday night, didn't they? Mm. Um, so I'd watch stuff like Legend of the Overfiend, uh, Ninja oh, Scroll. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's a fucked up thing. That nin- Legend of the Overfiend. That's just a bit bizarre and weird. Um, Devil Man. There was um, yeah, and the Street Fighter Two. Um, anime which is really good um, I, you know but so but I don't watch much of it these days I must admit no we don't but this I would, yeah I'd definitely say if you're going to watch one watch that one I don't think you'd be disappointed with it mm. I just clicked on Legend in the Overfiend on Wikipedia and it, it, my eyes were immediately drawn to it for some fucking reason uh, this the anime series is most famous for being the first in the tentacle rape genre um though only one scene (laughs) in the first uh actually contains any tentacle rape tentacle rape was not present in the i'm not going to try and pronounce it manga but was featured in a series that would publish years later called demon beast invasion (laughs) tentacle rape genre what the fucking hell my god Tentacle erotica describes a type of uh, pornography most commonly found in Japan. Um, It's always the Japanese, isn't it? eh? They're fucking lovely, don't they? Oh, they're experiment. Who thought of that in the first place, though? I think the very first person to think of that. It's just like, oh yeah, I'd love a tentacle up me. (laughs) It's got suckers on it for fuck's sake. It could stick inside you. You could be like rushed to the hospital with. Imagine that one, you rushed into A&E and, you know, there's somebody sat next to you with a, a sprained wrist or a broken ankle and then you've got a tentacle stuck up your ass. Mm. <laughs> How do you explain that one? It's not good. I've, I've just put something else in the chat for you. Uh, <laughs> just uh, tentacle erotica, because why not? Um, oh, my God. I didn't even know such a thing existed. I know you joked about it, but I thought, oh, that's just a fucking, you know, a weird thing. But... Oh, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a proper thing, mate. Fuck it's yeah. Got, there's even here you, here you go for everybody listening. There's even a picture of a of an octopus going down on a woman and got all <laughs> and got all of its tentacles all over her. I suppose if you're going to do it, then an octopus is probably the best way to do it because at least it's got like lots of legs and arms yeah. or whatever to fucking. Isn't it going to squirt black ink up her though or something? It's just like, <laughs> that would be very nice. Imagine oh, watching that out afterwards. Ooh. Oh, look at that picture though. She's got quite a hairy vag, isn't she? Or, the, <laughs> or is that the black ink that's already come out? Oh, <laughs> God. Uh, mind you, at least if you you know you got a quill or you know a fountain pen, you could you could write a letter at the same time. <laughs> you could do, do the shopping list while you're yeah. down there. <laughs> <laughs> you could just oh yeah, that's good. Oh oh, can you write down we need some milk as well while you're at it? <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> Anyway, my uh, internet provider is going to have some fun looking at, you know, saying, oh, what's Chris looking at tonight? Um, <laughs> sure. Mm, male sex toys and uh, tentacles erotica. Mm. Yeah, so that one. Um, quickly, before I pass it back over to you, mate, at the, totally at the opposite end of the spectrum. Yes. Uh, I, Daniel Blake. Okay. You do know what you know about I, Daniel Blake, the Ken Loach? directed film uh, got a lot of press over here in the UK for highlighting uh, the inequality with people that are on benefits um, okay no I, I haven't heard much about this I know obviously Ken Loach is um, sort of a, a staunch how would you call it social activist as such yeah 
Um, I mean, and of course, you know, people uh, gave him a bit of stick saying, well, you just highlighted the worst case scenario for everything that could happen. Yeah. For somebody that was on benefits. Um, although very similar things have happened, and I'm not going to say the way it ends, but something, the way this end, the exact ending happened in real life not long afterwards as well. Yeah. Um, it's, it is, and again, it's one of those heartbreaking ones, but it's one... Um, me and Tina sat there. I mean, we brought up just like working class, um, and we were, and we knew going into it that we would end up sort of like shouting at the telly, at the you know at the establishment and then the government going, "You fucking bastards!" Yeah. Um, and the way that treated a people, not even as cattle, not even as not even as a number, and the sort of the the whole lack of humanity within the benefit system um, that. The red tape that you've got to do, the hoops that you've got to jump through, um, and when people can't even eat, and, and again, there's, uh, it's been a lot online about the famous food bank scene. Um, mm. Something happens in the food bank, and a lot. Listening to Mark Commode, he was saying that there was that bit that had him in tears, um, and it's quite sort of heart wrenching. Um, and you could well argue if you're going to play devil's advocate that you could go, oh, okay, well maybe they are showing maybe the worst case scenario of of what could happen but unfortunately a lot of people do go through this when it is always the worst case scenario and and you just end up like not even on the bread line because there's no even there's no bread to eat um i think there's that thing isn't there you only ever like two bad decisions away from being homeless yeah um and it you know it sort of highlights it here that it's the the big divide within the country here um and it is, it's, I mean, we loved it. It's one of those that you don't watch to go, oh, I'll tell you what, oh, we need some entertainment tonight. You know, we'll put I, Daniel Blake on. It's a good piece of like social commentary. The acting in it is astounding. Uh, and of course, any Ken Loach movie is, I'd recommend. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's a tough watch, but it's a really good watch. Mm. I think it's true what you, you know what you say I mean okay I, mean, I haven't seen it, but um, it sounds really good. But you know, and um, people, Okay, this it may be the, the sort of like worst case scenario, but like you said, I mean, I, I kind of work in that area to a certain degree, and that mm. you, you know, you do see people who um, have nothing, you know, and go through uh, such uh, sort of horrific and harrowing situations just to try and get a bit bit of extra money, you know, and um, or just to just to get enough money to survive on. It's or try, yeah, it's yeah. It sounds really good. I mean, like, you know, like I said, I do like watching stuff like this. Uh, I must admit, mm. I don't get a chance to watch it. It'd be definitely a film I'd watch on my own because fucking LK wouldn't watch it. I don't think me. she'd know. I don't think she'd, she'd enjoy it. And I would say as well, get get a comedy or something ready to put on afterwards just to cheer yourself up. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't watch this and then go to bed. That's no good. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> She'll be up, in, you know, up for it, tickling my balls after. <laughs> no, no, you'd, that. no, you'd have to have that um, super sucker instead, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I really liked uh, looking for Eric. That's another. Um, oh yeah, that's good. Ken Loach film. Which yeah. I thought was 
was great, you know, and um, Eric Cantona was just fucking nuts. But yeah, I went to the cinema to watch that, and uh, that was the days where we I was carefree and didn't have children. Uh, I'd watch any any old shit, not that I'm suggesting it's shit, but I'd just go, well, what's on the, what's on at the cinema? Yeah. Oh yeah, I'll just fancy I'll, I'll watch that, you know. And now it's like a military operation to fucking leave the house. <laughs> um, but you know, that's just life, I guess. Yeah, you'll be all right. You'll be you'll be taking them to movies like this before you know it. Oh, well, they'll be they'll be taking you. They'll be <laughs> oh yeah, you'll get to that stage. I remember it with like my daughter and dragged along to high school musical, and it's like oh okay, yeah. Yes. Then you've got all oh. the tweeny stuff when you get to that age, and you're dragged to all of them. Well, I'm kind of already, I mean, like I say, my wife's got some weird taste, but she. I remember we watched fucking High School Musical three at the cinema. <laughs> I think that's mainly because she got a bit of a fascination with Zac Efron. Um, but anyway, talking about kids stuff, I mm. guess. And kids, it's a lovely segue. It's amazing. Oh, isn't it amazing? The way that we do this. I watched, or say I, we watched um, Moana. <gasps> oh, we watched it last night. Did you? Yes, oh, we did. Awesome. Oh, it's good that we can talk about it together. Because, um, so... I, I, there's there's loads of animated stuff coming. I mean, like um, I haven't watched all of it. I have watched bits of it, you know. So like Trolls, um, which the bits I watched looked really good. I have to say, I thought it's it's going to be shit, but it, it did actually look quite funny. Mm. Um, there was Storks on, um, which again watched bits of, um, but Kay and Lucy watched it together. Um, but Moana, it, this is the, the the next Disney film, I guess. The, I suppose the next big Disney film, which I'd seen the trailer for and looked interesting, I guess. But um, like you said about some, you know, films with children. Um, I think I've said it before. It's like when you've got kids and you watch Disney films. When you haven't got kids, they sort of like they're entertaining and fun mm. and everything else. But then when you do have children, because um, inevitably there's always like an, an, a message about children and letting them go and growing up and all that kind of stuff they take on a whole new meaning for you so we watched this uh, last friday and thought it was absolutely fantastic um this little blurb, I guess, on IMDb is that uh, in ancient Polynesia, uh, when a terrible curse incurred by the demigod Maui uh, reaches an impetuous chieftain's daughter's island, she answers the ocean's call to seek out the demigod to set things right. So and if you're a cynical fucker, which I don't think I am, um, you could argue that this kind of pushes all of those buttons that loads of Disney films and, and animated films have done for a long time, sort of like... Um, uh, the main uh, protagonist sort of like having to fill a role mm. uh, set by their uh, family or they've got to do something, but they really want to go off and follow their own path, which their father or whoever forbids them from doing. And, you know, it's about following your heart and about sort of, you know, following your dreams and your destiny uh, and doing what you feel is right rather than doing what you've sort of, you know, told you're supposed to do. Yeah. And so th there's a lot of that in this. But it is done so well and with such um, emotion. I mean, I, look, you know, I've watched Frozen probably over 50 times at least. And I do like Frozen, I must admit. I, you know, it, it's it's that, it's one of those films that people sort of like, just think it's all it is is um, let it go, you know, the song <laughs> yeah. or whatever. And it is. And my daughter loves all that. But at the same time, I do like that because there's something about those films. I like, like the Zootropolis ones I watched recently. That's brilliant, the, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah oh, that's amazing. But the, the other sort of animators, like you've got DreamWorks, haven't you? And you've got other sort of 
companies that do animations and whatever like you've got the um i forget the people that do uh, despicable me and you know like they've done that sing recently haven't they and yeah. uh the secret life of pets and whatever and they'll they're all fine and good but they don't seem to have that 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 touch where it's like they can hold the emotion to a certain point where it's almost unbearable like in toy story 3 when you, you think they're about to go into the fire and it's like that almost unbearable sort of like moments and there's moments in this where you're sort of like holding your breath and it's like but it lasts for just the right amount of time like in you i'm assuming you've seen frozen have you watched yeah yeah like the bit at the end of frozen where you think that um uh, oh fucking i can't remember either. i can't believe i don't remember the names at the minute but you know anna and elsa that's it yeah so like elsa's the queen and anna's the sister um and it's like you think that that uh, anna's dead and it lasts for like five maybe five seconds tops yeah but it feels like it lasts much <laughs> fucking longer and you're all you're on the edge of your seat you're holding your breath you know and it's like oh <gasps> You know, it's like a sharp intake of breath kind of thing. It's like that kind of, and, and Moana does all of that, but it does all the comedy. The Rock is brilliant. I have to say, I think I talked about The Rock uh, last time we spoke, and he's like, he's such, he's such a surprising, um, you know, surprising good actor, I'd say. Um, but I think, you know, watched him in wrestling and stuff years ago, and it, and I think he took a load of small parts when he started to get into acting to learn about timing and learn about you know the, the actual craft and and um the skill of acting and everything else but he's just come along leaps and bounds you know he can do pretty much no wrong i think he can make he can do anything really can't he, he even fucking sings in this you know and i don't think you know he's great and he's he's really and i know it's like animated but in some ways you must think it's actually probably a bit harder because you've got to put that emotion and you've got to put that sort of like um that sense of um I don't know, fun or or adventure or whatever you want to do it. Yeah, that kind of like into your voice, haven't you? And react to stuff that doesn't isn't even happening, mm. and it's in your mind or it's what you've been told is happening. So in some ways, that must be harder to do. But he's really good in this, and I, all I'm going to say is like um, his tattoo is like just it's because he's covered <laughs> in tattoos. They all are, you know, because yeah. yeah. sort of like from Polynesia. But it's um, it's like his tattoo almost steals the show it's it's fantastic um great voice acting great emotion uh the stingray grandma fucking had me you know i was oh my god you know like i said those those emotional moments where you're just like oh i can't cope with this but then it kind of like it flips it on its head and it does some really good funny stuff and there's some really good action moments in it it looked amazing the animation just looked looked absolutely stunning really does it was so good the chicken or the rooster fuck you know just like again but it's like they have these kind of like they mix you know they have the the sort of like the right ingredients to mix up these kind of stupid little comedy funny moments with these really touching heartfelt moments yeah they know they know exactly what buttons to push and how hard to push them like you say don't you know you because you're always going to get the oh, there's the sad bits in it, there's the happy bits in it, the bits where you're scared in it, and you know they're going to come, but you still fall for it because they're done so well. I mean, since um, Disney got John Lasseter over from Pixar, it's I mean, what a difference that guy's made as well. Oh yeah, because his name's on all, everything that like, you know, he's an executive producer on on loads of things, and he's just because like he was responsible for the Toy Story films, I think, wasn't he? In, in, yeah, uh, you know, major part of them anyway. Um, but it, you know, it seems as if anything he touches, like you said, it just 
it, it turns to gold, you know. It's uh, it's it's absolutely great. I mean, I think I saw a tweet from you and Tina said that you were in tears and you loved it. And Tina <laughs> was absolutely loved it. It was yeah, so. it was it was really really good. Um, yeah, I couldn't think of a bad thing to say about it. It's one of those where everything was just perfect about it for me. You know, even like even the songs in it were like really good and memorable yeah. songs as well. There wasn't there wasn't like one bad song in it. Each one that would would come up, you go, oh, "This is a really good song," you know. And then the yeah. animation to it is like, you just it's one of those films, that, yeah, that you should put on after I Daniel Blake. Really, where it's just <laughs> one of those feel good ones, you know. It just it just it just makes you feel happy, doesn't it? Mm. Well, yeah, I mean, I watched I watched I Daniel Blake, my five year, my four and a half year old, and go, yay. <laughs> Now this will fucking cheer you up. <laughs> when she's there, she's just like a gibbering wreck and needs some sort of, uh, yeah, straight to a psychiatrist after watching that. Jeez. I can't remember if I talked about it or not, but we, because we do the movies for juniors thing, um, but it was a little while ago, and I'm going to get a bit of stick for this, but I don't give a shit, but Tinkerbell and the Legend of the Never Beast. I don't know if... if but, but we get Tina to watch this. Okay. Um, you know, it's... Kay and I were in fucking tears at the end of this film, you know, and like Lucy turned to us and said, what's wrong with you? It's like, nothing, nothing's wrong, you know. (laughs) But then I think a lot of people in the cinema were like that as well, because it was just, you know, we didn't, none of us moved when the lot, you know, because when it was dark, it's like, nothing, nothing's wrong. It's (laughs) it's a really good film uh, and it's, you know, really heartfelt. It's like like an hour and 16 minutes, do you know what I mean? Which is good. So, but yeah, Tinkerbell and then Ever Beast, I thought it was great. So, ooh, right, I'll write that one down. Yeah, yeah, okay. Then. Let's see, watch that. I remember watching because they make quite a few of those, and oh, like Barbie movies as well. They seem to oh, oh fucking hell, yeah, yeah, those animated Barbie movies. Yeah, I remember getting dragged to a few of them with my daughter back in the day. Oh, there's so many of those fucking things, and yeah. like we watched loads of them. Um, oh God, yeah. <laughs> Kids, eh? Kids, who'd have them? Fuckers. Um, <laughs> here you go. Let's swing it over to the other end of the spectrum again, then. Hacksaw Ridge. Oh, heard. Mm, Mad Mel Gibson. Heard. Is directing. Mi- good and mixed things sort of i've not heard anybody say anything bad about it such no. but i've heard like mark kermode said it's almost like kind of two films in some ways like it's it really sugary and syrupy yeah and then it's like proper like full-on yeah. uh, you know war movie it is yeah that's bang on because it's not far short of about like, i think it's like it's close to being two and a half hours Wow. Uh, doesn't seem it, got to be honest. It, it didn't drag whatsoever. You didn't, you know, we weren't sat there looking at the clock or anything. But it is the first half, um, sort of sets it up um, with, oh God, what's his name? Because I don't really like him. Andrew Garfield. Mm. Normally I don't like him. Um, as kids, him and his brother, um, the family that they're in is a little bit dysfunctional. His father's a bit violent, um, alcoholic as well. Something happens, I'm not going to give it away where it does, something happens that turns Andrew Garfield's character, Desmond Doss, um, based on a true story as well, actually. Yeah, um, I've heard that, yeah. Which is probably, that's one of the sort of a heart-wrenching bit right at the end I'll come to. Uh, he sort of, he turns into a pacifist then, uh, you know, it's at the time 
Um, the war's going on. They get conscripted. Well, he wants to join. He, he joins the army, but as a conscientious objector. Mm-hmm. And he said he's not going to touch a weapon. He absolutely point blank refuses to touch a weapon. So about the first sort of hour and a quarter sets up that his backstory and his, his you know, his, his time at home, his abusive father, he doesn't, you know, he sort of Desmond Doss just totally does away with any type of violence. He's always helping people. He meets the, the girl of his dreams and asks her to marry him. And it's all, and it is kind of sugary sweet and there's all that going on. And it did even said he didn't lose her attention at any point during that it was it was quite all right in a kind of weird made for tv almost kind of way um but then they get sent over to Axor ridge holy shit mate the the shit does hit the fan then and leg pieces and arms and body parts both inside and out are splattered all over the screen and it's horrific mm-hmm. um and again like no spoilers um, this Desmond Doss, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't touch a gun. He won't shoot anybody. And when you're in the middle of this absolute carnage, and people have been comparing it to, like, you know, the famous beginning of Saving Private Ryan, and people have said, well, you know, even it outdoes that. And me and Tina both said we think it does outdo that. And one main thing about it, um, and we love, I mean, we love Mel Gibson anyway. Yeah, you know, me too. Um, as an actor, as a director, I think he does not, he's a great director. Every film that he's directed or loved. The great thing about this, I mean, we're talking virtually the last hour of the film, is just carnage going on. Um, and you do, again, we talked about it, you know, in the films tonight, you know, we, it makes a difference when you care for the characters. And we don't, you know, it has built up in that first hour and a quarter that you do care for this guy. And, you know, shit's happening and he's there. He's got no fucking gun. He's just a medic. He's trying to save people. But Mel Gibson's direction in it is brilliant because you can see clearly everything that's going on. There's none of this shaky cam shit. Let's change the shutter speed, you know, to make everything like that be jerking as though everything's happening fast. You can see clearly oh, shit, he's just got blown to bits. But it's yeah. not... You know, There's nothing languid about his style. It's still quite kinetic, and the camera's moving about, but not to the extent where you're losing it. There's not these, like, two-second shots, and it's, oh, we've got to edit now. You know, there's long, lingering shots, and it's like, holy shit, I can't believe we're watching this. And it really gives you that bit more of that emotional punch, uh, and he's, he's more gut-wrenching, literally gut-wrenching, because that's what you're seeing on the screen. Uh, makes you care for them more. But the, what this what this Desmond does at the end um, is absolutely mind-blowing, what mm. he does, and you're thinking... Well, this is where they've elaborated, you know, this is where they, they've gone, OK, well, this is based on a true story, but this is a bit where we've just, you know, gilded the lily a little bit and made it you know, a, bit, a bit more, made him a little bit more superhuman. And then it, the end of the movie comes up and they're talking to the the, the real guy, right? <laughs> and the, and there's people that were with him, the soldiers that were with him and so on, and they give the facts of what he did, Um and again, I'm being careful what I say because I don't want to spoil it for anybody. And it gives this certain figure, right? This certain figure of what he did. And our jaws hit the floor, mate. It was, oh my God, they didn't they didn't exaggerate anything. He actually did that. And it is just incredible. It's worth watching just for that, <laughs> that you'll go, 
it, it gives you a little bit of faith again in humanity and you're going well there's people in the world out there that are like that <laughs> you know yeah. what i mean and it is it is a really good it's a really good movie um yeah the sugary sweet stuff it's it's in there for a reason, I guess, and it is not boring. Uh, but the second half is certainly not boring when it all kicks off. You could argue that uh, the Vince Vaughn character, where he's playing the sergeant major, is we've seen that sort of sergeant major before in many war movies. You know, the loud mouth, wise cracking one that gives the, each soldier his own nicknames and takes the piss a lot. Um, but we said that it was nice to see Vince Vaughn in something a little bit more substantial as well. So, mm. yeah, I would I would recommend it, mate. I'm sure, again, I'm sure you'd love it. Yeah, I, I'd heard that um, it's sort of like when people saw it was Vince Vaughn, they were like, oh, fucking hell, it's Vince Vaughn. But then within a few moments, it was like they kind of forgot it was you him. Because, yeah, yeah, you do. Um, that was cool. I mean, like... Um, into the wild i think i've you know i saw him in that and, it, and it's only a smallish part but i thought he was very good in that you know because vince vaughn you know i'm normally associating him as being sort of like comedy movies and all that yeah. kind of box. but um i thought he was very good in that so i'll have to check this out i mean i've, I've heard like i said kind of like positive to slightly mixed uh about it but not nobody really saying anything bad you know mm. um and i'm glad that it's it's pro- proven successful for mel because you know like you said i i you know, love, still love watching Mel Gibson movies, and oh, yeah. I still want to watch Bloodfather because uh, oh, I heard yeah. really, you, know, you said good. that that was yeah. good as well. So, oh, that's cool. Hmm. Um, do you want another one? Do you want another one? Go on, because I've only got video games now. Have you? Oh, I'll, I'll plough through the films I've got left. Okay, let's, on, let's plough through these quickly. Um, right, here's one: Passengers. Oh, is this um, the Jennifer Jennifer Lawrence and Chris Lawrence. Pratt? Yes. Yeah, in space, um, on a spaceship, travelling from Earth to this other world, that it takes 120 years to travel there. Everybody's put sort of in suspended animation. 30 years into the journey, there's still 90 years to go. Uh, the spaceship hits some debris. Uh, the systems start going a little bit haywire. Chris Pratt's um, stasis machine, for want of a better word, malfunctions. He comes to life. He's the only one alive there. He finds out there's still 90 years to go before they're going to reach the destination. Okay. Uh, it's impossible for him to get back in and send himself to sleep, and, you know, back into, into you know that suspended animation state. So he's alive for a year um, with only a robot Michael Sheen bartender to keep him company mm. um, that he can have a conversation with. Apart from that, he's totally by himself. So he loses the plot a little bit, as you probably would, you know. Uh, he also, he he was not a rich guy. He got on there at discounted rates. So his ID, there's all these uh, automated food machines and everything, but he's on the lowest one, so he can only have the really cheap food. And the really cheap shit about to do with everything. Uh, although he does break into a room, he gets breaks into one of the posh rooms. That's sweet, you know, he's at least got a bit of comfort with that. After a year, and he's been locking up, he... he he finds Jennifer Lawrence uh, through the online logs of um, all the passengers on board. He wrestles with his conscience. Oh, should he wake her up? Because effectively, if he wakes her up, he's killing her as well. Yeah. Because, they, you know, they're going to die before they get to the destination. And he's like, he talks to Michael Sheen about it. Um, and again, it's no spoiler, you know, if you've seen the trailers. Um, I mean, it's what it's all based about. He does decide who's going to wake her up. And this is where the story begins proper then. Um, because she doesn't know that he's he's woke her up. And so the journey begins. Um, 
Can they find a way to get themselves back into this suspended animation? Do they wake anybody else up? Are they just going to live happily together? Is, you know, what's going to happen? And quite a bit does happen. Um, and I've read really mixed reviews about this. And mm. it was nothing spectacular, but it was pretty good. I would, I would watch it again. And on more than one occasion, you're going to like this one, mate. We both, right, both of us on more than one occasion, Chris Pratt's on screen and we went, bloody hell, he looks like Chris there. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, um, mate, there's scenes in this film where, and there was a couple, I wish we'd taken pictures. We, next time we watch it, I will. We'd swear it was you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> to be fair, you're not, and this isn't me blowing my own trumpet, but you're not the only person who said that before. Oh, there you go. Well, we can see why now after watching this, mate. There you go. Uh, I'll take that yeah. all day long. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should get in as his, as his stunt double. Hey, that's For the sex like... scenes. You could, do, you could do the shagging scene with Jennifer Lawrence then as his sort of, you know, oh, you could do the body he, double stuff. Yeah, yeah, or might have given away something there. Well, maybe he does. Or maybe he imagines it. Maybe he gets a real doll. Maybe he goes on Love Honey and buys <laughs> and buys their, what was it, Super Sucker thing. Maybe he does <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> shoves that on his cock. Yeah, yeah. maybe he just shoves <laughs> tentacles up his ass while he's in space. Uh, what do you think of Jennifer Lawrence? I mean... You know what, mate? I'm. She doesn't do a lot for me to be... No. In the thingy movies, what are the ones? Oh, the ones that Hunger Games. Yeah, in that, yeah, she's all she's all right, but she's never been one. I'd I'd much rather have Drew Barrymore, to be honest. Thank you. Mm. See, I think because she, she came out like Winter's Bone came out, didn't it? And then she went to the Oscars and she wore that red dress. Hmm. And uh, it's like she has become a bit of a sex symbol. I I can see it, but at the same time, I think. I don't know. There's a picture of her on IMDb now, and it's like, yeah, mm. I don't know. I'm not sure. No. She, I'm not sure. But then, obviously, she's done Mystique as well, where she's practically naked. Yeah. And she could change uh, into any, anybody that you want. That would be kind of cool. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah. Oh, I'll yeah. take that. I'm yeah. quite happy with that. You've made yeah. my day. Oh, there you go, mate. <laughs> happy to help. <laughs> you're going to get out of the shower with your tight balls and you're going to go to Kay. I am Chris Pratt and that'll be it then. You'll just, you'll, you'll, here you go, you'll Ravager, which leads me on to <laughs> Phantasm Ravager, the Ooh. fifth in the Phantasm series. Uh, the first one not um, directed by Don Coscarelli, who, you know, has, has, has written them and directed them all previous. Um, if... If you've never seen a Phantasm film, don't watch Phantasm Ravager. It's not one of those. It's one of those series. I mean, there's some series of films that you can dip into if you've missed a few. The Phantasm ones, you can't. Um, Tina hasn't seen them all, and she was she gave up on this because she kept going, what's happening? Who's that? Why are they there? Because <laughs> they are a bit confusing at the best of times. Right. Um, it is a fitting end to the series. Obviously, it was made... Um, Look what made what year was it? It's got it down as 2016, but it wasn't made in 2016. I'm sure it was made before then. Um, it is a good end to the series. Uh, it ties a few things together as well a Phantasm film can, because it is all over the place. If you're a fan of one to four, watch this. You won't be disappointed. If you've got no history with the Phantasm movies, we'll go and watch them. Go and watch the first one and the second, and then if you still stick with it, you'll enjoy it. Otherwise. Don't, for God's sake, just don't dip into this, even, okay. though, even though it is good. 
it is a series of films I've always I've heard of. I remember watching mm. it as uh, not watching. I haven't seen any of them. I have to say, but as a kid, sort of, it was always about the ball. Like I think the second yeah. one, like with the type, the tagline was "The ball is back." Yeah. You know? So I don't know anything about the story or the plot or anything it is, about it's very convoluted mate and it goes in all twists and turns everywhere and alternate dimensions and all this going on and are they alive and are they dead you know there's a lot of that going on and you know of course you've got angus scrim as the tall man uh who is i mean i was lucky enough to meet him in the early 90s it was at um it was a fangoria weekend of horrors in detroit and I spent I spent about a good fifteen to twenty minutes with him, having a chat with him and had pictures. And he was like one of the nicest guys you could meet. You know, even though like his screen persona, the character of the tall man, is one of the scariest ones. Mm. Um, as is usually the case, he was such a lovely guy. Um, but yeah, recommended if you like the Phantasm movies. If you don't know what I'm talking about, well. Don't bother with that one. I'll have to check them out. I'll start from the beginning. I've, uh, he died. He passed away last year, didn't he? He, was he 80, did. Yeah. 89. Fucking yeah. hell. Yeah, you can see he's looking He's looking pretty frail in this. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He is, he is. So he's, he's actually in this one. He like, is in it, yeah. Ball. Yeah. So it's good. It's good that they, they got him to finish off finish off the series, you know. Hopefully uh, they're not going to make any more. They shouldn't no. do now. It, 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 it does sort of put a cap on it and then that's it. It's finished. Okay. Uh, we went to the cinema. We watched Assassin's Creed, Michael Fassbender. Any good? I've heard, again, people sort of like setting themselves up saying, oh, this is going to be a bit shit. But then, it, it, you know, once you set yourself up for low expectations, it's mm. not as bad as you think I it's going to be. The case, yeah, I think you've got it spot on with that. It's the case we went in with low expectations. Both played the games. Um, again, you don't really need to have played the games to, to get anything out of, out of the film itself. Uh, it does help a little bit, you know, because there'll be a few tips to the game. Where they go, oh, yeah, look at that. Oh, no, yeah, you remember it from the game. Um, but you don't need to have played them. It's it's a, a fairly decent action movie. Uh, my favourite bit of it is the way that they, they portrayed the animus in it. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the games, he just lies down and he goes, you know, he sort of basically goes to sleep, doesn't he? And then he's in the past. I like the way that the put it up on screen here the way that that's sort of projected was good um tina liked it you get to see michael fassbender topless quite a bit so if that's your thing mm. you're going to get quite a bit of sweaty topless uh fassbender going on yeah he's cock no even though apparently he could you know it's that big he could use it as a sword um because he, he loves getting his cock out doesn't he he does i haven't seen that one we've got that surprisingly enough tina bought it that one where he does get his cock out shame yeah i still haven't seen it yet yeah, I've heard somebody, somebody at work told me about it and said it was fucking depressing, despite Ooh. it being about a sex addict. addict. <laughs> it was addict, fucking hell. Uh, it was <laughs> depressing. <laughs> so, mm. Mm. I've seen him in um, Fish Tank. Have you watched that? Oh, so, a long time ago, yeah. Talking about um, like Ken Loach, although it wasn't anything to do with him, but, you know, it's kind of a, a, like a gritty, you know, British film about you know teenage pregnancy and all that sort of stuff and whatever and fastbender's in that and i don't think you see his cock but you know he you know you see him having sex and everything else yeah, yeah shagging this um this teenager and her mom that's what's in the <laughs> needs, isn't it? a bit more fastbender cock that's what it needs <laughs> yeah um a couple more to go movie wise uh deep water horizon another one based on a true story mark Wahlberg, kurt russell the main, uh, main reason I want to watch it, Kurt Russell's in it. Um, directed by Peter Berg as well. 
and yep. obviously we I talked in the past he directed Lone Survivor which is one of my all-time favorite films the, the that if you if you're talking about a film where you're going to bite your nails right down to your knuckle it's Lone Survivor um this has got moments like that based on the true story of the of the rig um the the it wasn't actually the oil rig it's before the oil rig goes there and it pre-drills it and the testing for the pressure it's it it's again it's it's sort of like a Hollywood Ken Loach one in the way that it's like poking at all the at government and the government businesses and the way that they're penny pinching and the penny pinching that led to this disaster where you know a lot of people died um, visually it's amazing <laughs> it's like really? it really is spectacular um, when when everything goes wrong and this rig is just exploding all over the place it's like we were like oh my god it's really like heart pounding um yeah good good solid action movie and kurt russell makes it for me mate you know he, is he is he very good he's what's he he's like a, an oil rig worker yeah but he's the head of it he's the grizzled um boss of everybody Who's, oh. Who like has has arguments with them and going on that with John Malkovich, who's the head of like the government business. <laughs> so you can imagine those two going at each other. You have got Kurt Russell going on at John Malkovich. It's yeah, it's it's a good a good solid action one. Again, nothing spectacular, but I would recommend it. It's not a waste of time. You don't. It doesn't. The credits don't roll, and you go, well, that no, was like two hours wasted. See, I, I don't know why. I kind of because I, I don't know the whole story, but I know bits of it, and I just associate like cuts of Kurt Russell when this sort of having a backdraft sort of vibe. Am I am I off the mark oh, there? Or? Yeah, I mean, I mean, backdraft's good as well. Um, no, because I think it, because it's Peter Berg as well. It's more. It's, it's a bit more visceral than that. Um, okay. Yeah. That was Ron Howard, wasn't it? Who yeah. did uh, Backdraft, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's one of those where, it, it, you, again, you feel for everybody that's in it and you think, Jesus, you know, this happened. People went through this. And to be in that situation and you're looking at the enclosed spaces that they're in and what happens, you think, oh, my God, I'm just like... What what would you have done if you were there? You know, you, again, you're putting yourself into that situation. I mean, first off, I'd have just shit myself and gone in a corner and cried probably, and that would have been it. <laughs> yeah. have, you know, I'd have been done for then. Um, but it is. It, it it was it was a good one. And again, we said it a few times in this episode. And you know, you care for the people even more so when you know it's a true story, um, and they revisit the real people at the end again, which is always a nice touch. I like that when things that are based on a true story, and you get to see the real people. And you know, and you're putting the real the real face to the name of what you've just seen as well. That's always yeah. good. Oh, that's cool. He's uh, he's quite prolific at the moment because he did that Patriot Stay with Wahlberg. That's yeah. just come out, isn't it? Yeah, I haven't seen that yet. No, um, but um, I always remember Peter Berg. I think I've said this before. I always say this from Shocker with uh, Wes Craven. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah. From '89, because I always watched that loads when I was a kid. You know. Um, but yeah, I, I quite like the uh, the kingdom um, with from Peterberg directed. It's uh, Jamie Fox, uh, and he goes uh, to like it's it's all about a, you know bombing of a American facility in the Middle East, and it's fairly topical, I guess. You know, and uh, it's got quite a good cast. Uh, have you seen that one? I don't think I have. No. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, Jennifer Garner's in it, and. Jason Bateman and um, yeah, that's that's worth checking out. Oh, okay, 
Yeah, I'll have to put that down and watch yeah. that one. Yeah. Uh, another one that's based on the book, The Girl on the Train. Oh, Emily Blunt, isn't Emily it? Blunt, yes. On the train, bit of an alcoholic. Um, relationship's broken down. She takes this train journey every day and it stops. Uh, it stops in the same place. She sees this couple out on the balcony of this house and sees them through the window and sees the, you know, what she puts in her mind, what she thinks the relationship's going on. Then she sees something happen. Um, and I've got to admit, I w it started and I wasn't really into it. I thought, eh, it's nothing great. But the way that the story then unfolds and the relationships between the characters that are introduced, how they link into each other, really drew me into it. Uh, and then by the end of it, I thought it was a, a sort of a well-crafted thriller that I hadn't a clue what was going to happen next. Um, it kept throwing a, a you know a few swerve balls at me and, and getting me off guard. Mm. Um, and it's again, it's one of those I'd love to watch it again. It's yeah, it's it's those that I will sort of revisit sometime in the future and watch it again. The more okay. it went on, the more I enjoyed it. So I would say if you're going to watch it, don't turn it off after 20 minutes stick with it because it's one of them it just it builds the tension at the more that you watch it so yeah mm. you know i would have been i'd have missed out on a good film if it had you know gone well oh, this isn't great after 20 or 30 minutes yeah. it does it does build up really good uh, nice. and then finally the one the one documentary that i've watched um starring adam west oh, okay of 1960s batman fame uh, and i think this is on netflix i think we watched it on Really good, mate. Um, I mean, I love Adam West anyway. Most people think of him as Batman. This fleshes him out a hell of a lot more, obviously. Um, and he's not scared to, to tackle, you know, his battle with booze, his womanising, um, all that kind of stuff that went on as well. Uh, I learned a lot about him, you know, and his time with the Westerns that he did and obviously the phenomenon when Batman happened and then sort of the, the career slump uh, and personal slump that happened with him after Batman because he was just associated as Batman, wasn't he? <laughs> and yeah, that was, yeah. And that was totally. it. So he was, you know, he had he was battling everything, and that you know, that's again when he hit the bottle and women and all this kind. And, and to the you know the genuinely nice guy that he is now, um, and he's going around the circuit, and he does all these different you know, like comic cons and everything. It's it's a really it's a really good watch. And one What's that it called? Starring Adam West. Uh, okay. 2013, it was made. Right. Yeah, Because he, really he, um, he, obviously, like, Family Guy as well. He, yeah, you know, yeah. Does the voice of the mayor. It shows that. quite a bit from that as well. <laughs> oh, does it? Yeah, and, and doing the voices for it and then stuff that's happening in the background that I'm not going to give away uh, that, that, again, really endears you to him. And you think, oh, what a really great guy. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. I can't believe he's fucking... He's 88. Yeah, he looks good for it, mate. I'll tell you, bloody hell, if I can get to his age and look like that, he does, he, you know, he looks after himself. Considering, yeah. you know, the, what he put himself through, you know, with, like, say, with hitting the ball and everything, it's, you know, he's come out of it good at the other end. Oh, there you go. It's uh, the, the the sort of, like, secret to long life, shagging women and drinking booze. <laughs> <laughs> That's it now. That's what you want to do if you want to live a long life and look good after it. I'm going to uh, finish off my JD and honey after I've spoken to you and then go and shag the missus. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. That's it, movie-wise for me, mate. Mm. Mm. You have you have some video game then, have you? I've got a little bit of uh, video game talk. So, um, 
I took very briefly because I've only done the first chapter of it, but I know you finished it. I think was Tales of the Bo- from the Borderlands. Oh yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, done the first episode of that. I thought it's absolutely fucking brilliant. It's uh, the humour in it is great. It's not what I was expecting. I'm not a massive Borderlands fan. I played through the first. Haven't played any really of the second. Um, or the pre-sequel or whatever so i've got no real kind of connection to the, the franchise so and and that's kind of put me off playing this for a long time i like the telltale games i um oh what's the uh, walking the, dead oh, the, the wolf among us i oh, really like that yeah yeah that's good but this people say is probably the best one but i'm you know obviously i've got four episodes left to go first episode fantastic i love the thing is what's probably like kind of um I don't know, like lip, whenever I play games like this where you've got choice, you know, where you kind of like have multiple choices to how you want your character to be portrayed or how you want them to be perceived by other people, I always play as a goody two shoes, generally speaking. <laughs> I'm always a good guy. I don't generally pick like the shitbag um, kind of choices because that's not how I see myself and that's not how I want my character to be either mm. whereas with this because I've got no connection to the character like with The Walking Dead like you you play Lee and you know he's a fucking good guy he's yeah, like he's, he's almost he's almost a kid as well isn't exactly he, he's almost like a father to, to Clementine so you know he's not going to be a bastard you know so and then um, I suppose The Wolf Among Us you know you've got a bit more scope because he is a bit of a I suppose um uh, anti-hero like a snake pliskin type he doesn't give a fuck he's like wolverine i suppose in some ways but then he's a good guy down you know in his heart and whatever whereas with um i can't even remember what the main character's called in this but um and the story although it, yes i'm not going to say it's not important but i'm not going to go through what the story is about what i'm enjoying about it is how i'm kind of like playing this character because i'm playing him a bit like a jack burton kind of character (laughs) from um uh big trouble in little china whereas he thinks he's cocky he thinks he's great but he's actually a bit of a dickhead that fits perfectly yeah Yeah. do you know what i mean so i'll I'll probably play i'll play him just like that so i will play the sort of like uh dickhead answers or the bravado kind of answers you know um and then he'll he'll fall fall flat on his face and that suits him to the t- to a T that's kind of how I'm probably why I'm enjoying it because I've got that bit of freedom where I don't feel the need to make him like this all singing all dancing kind of good guy action hero because he's not he's not at all um, and it also reminds me a lot of like say an Edgar Wright film like say because there's there's those jump cuts and those like stops and starts where something will happen and then the character will actually say what really happened and then mm-hmm. it'll go okay, you've caught me out. This is yeah. what really happened. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so it reminds me a lot of an Edgar Wright film or Spaced, you know, the TV show. Um, and it's like the way it introduces characters. So it'll sort of like, you know, it'll introduce character. Then there'll be like a funny little sort of tagline underneath them. But the, the game will just stop and zoom in on them. And it'll be like a big flashy kind of like, you know, sort of sign showing what this guy's name is and who they are and everything else. And I think it's great. It's absolutely fantastic. So I'm really glad that I'm I'm going through it and, and playing. Like I said, the, the, these games are kind of like feel like... Um, I can't, I can't, I don't want to play an episode, um, like stop, start it. I want to play it through, do you know what I mean? You you need a good hour and a half to two hours to do it. So it's like, I'm kind of, I'm not rushing to play through it because it's been a couple of weeks since I last played it. But, um, 
it's really cool. It's really, really good. <laughs> it is, yeah. I think that like you said The Wolf Among Us and this are definitely my my favourites that they've yeah. done. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. Um, I'll talk a little bit about the Nintendo Switch because a couple of weeks ago, this the, the Nintendo Switch comes out on uh, the 3rd of March, so next Friday, mm-hmm. and it's the big new Nintendo console. Um, the Wii U was the last one which failed, you can probably say, you know, com- com- well, especially compared to the Wii, um, which was just kind of a f- phenomenon in terms of its, it wasn't the most powerful console in the market, but it hit at the right time. It, it introduced motion controls, um, and you can argue influenced Microsoft to bring out Connect and uh, uh, Sony for bringing out PlayStation Move controllers, which were like motion controls and that stuff. So, and and the, the, the I suppose the gimmick with the Wii U and part of its downfall, people didn't know exactly what it was. That is it like an upgraded Wii because uh, it's got a stupid fucking name. I mean, Wii U is just bollocks, <laughs> I, you know. And even the Wii, what the fucking hell's that? So, but it's so, um, but it, it got like a tablet. Uh, where you can, you know, use it to play games on away from the TV. The, pro- the only problem with it was that you had to be at least, I would say, 10 feet uh, away from the actual... Co- you couldn't be more than 10 feet away from the console, otherwise uh. you'd lose, lose connection. And even then, if you had, like, walls and shit like that in between, you would lose, you'd have a poor connection. But it was a neat idea, you know, and the, the actual idea of it itself, of the, the tablet, was that you, some of the games you could play on the big screen and like say zombie U. I think if you you've played zombie on the on the xbox one haven't you or yeah, ps4 on the, on the ps4 it was yeah but the unique part of that game playing it on the wii u was you'd have your inventory on the tablet itself so the game carried on in real time so you could still be attacked by zombies but you were there like picking locks but you'd actually use the tablet in front of you to do it ah, and it was really okay. it was a really cool idea you know where you'd have to sort of like you know get out stuff out your backpack but where you were still vulnerable you didn't pause the game so that was really cool. But then Nintendo didn't properly utilize the, the, the actual tablet you know, itself. So a lot of the games didn't even bother having these, like, I suppose, what you call gimmicks on them, you know. So whereas, so it was almost became pointless and then people just didn't know what it was. And, you know, so whatever. The new uh, console called the Switch, uh, the Nintendo Switch, has, it's kind of a bit of both in, in as much as that it has a dock um, and you can put the – it's essentially a, a tablet – it, so and it it's it doesn't look like a Nintendo console because a lot of the time Nintendo sort of like consoles have always had little gimmicks like the GameCube it's a fucking cube you know <laughs> or you know you know what I mean or yeah. the, the Wii U or they've got motion controls so this is a bit of in between say the uh, the Wii U and the Wii because it has um, controllers that can sl- slide uh, on and off the actual tablet itself. Um, and they've got motion controls built in them, and so you can use them for motion controls games. So it's got that. Uh, and but the, the actual sort of like tablet itself is um, what you play your games on. So but whereas you can dock it onto the uh, into this like dock, and then you can play them on the TV. But as whereas the Wii U had the sort of limitation of being you had to still be quite close to the actual console itself, you can take this fucking anywhere and still carry on playing the games, which is a cool idea. Now. We played a number of different games. The, the, the main criticism of the Switch, it's exciting because it's a new piece of tech. At yeah, the end yeah. of the day. It's a new console, but it's launching with only five games uh, in as much as the Legend of Zelda Breath, 
Breath, Breath of the Wild, which is getting amazing reviews um, and looks incredible. And I did get a chance to play that. Like, you know, it's a big fucking open world game. So you can't take much away from the 10 minute preview and or gameplay that I had other than it looks great and it plays great. I'm sure it's going to be fantastic. Mm. But that's coming out on the Wii U. So there's no real reason to buy the Switch on day one unless you want Super Bomberman are Skylanders Imaginators which is already out on yeah. the Wii U Just Dance 2017 or uh, the 1-2 Switch which is kind of it should have been a pack-in because that's the equivalent of like your sort of like little mini party games and everything else right. and we played a, a bunch of those like there's a, a kind of a quick uh, draw game where you each hold they're not called Wiimotes anymore they're called Joy-Cons so like these little kind of uh, con- uh, control things that you s- sort of slide onto the side of the tablet um or you can hold them independently uh, where you sort of hold it down. It's like, you know, basically like a quick draw. You hold it down by your waist and then you lift it up as soon as you hear the, the sort of like guy on the screen going, go or, you know, shoot or whatever. Yeah. And th- and then it, it's gimmicky as fuck, but it, like, it's fun for 10 seconds. There's a cow milking game where you, ha- you had to press, you had to hold it like upright in front of you and you had to press a button as you're drawing down on the teat and it'll vibrate and everything else, you know, and whatever. And it's, again, it's fun for like 10 seconds. Then there was another game where you got, got the Wemo, uh, sorry, the Joy-Con in your hand and you can feel like there's balls rattling around in it, like little marbles. And I wouldn't say it's that accurate because the aim of the game is to guess how many you could sort of like feel rattling around. Yeah. Um, so you put it down and then you, you put you know you do your guess whatever I didn't get any fucking right I think Wayne got one right so it's not it didn't to me didn't seem that accurate um, but that's the main criticism of the actual console itself is that it's launching with like five games one of which isn't exclusive because you can get it on the Wii U um, there's more coming there's going to be a new Mario game by the end of the year but then there's like things like um, Splatoon 2 which I I haven't played Splatoon, but by all accounts, it's a really fun game. But the Splatoon 2 looks exactly the same as Splatoon 1. Uh, You've got Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, which is basically Mario Kart. So if you've played Mario Kart 8 on the Wii U, it's essentially the same game, but with all the DLC and a few extra characters. The the main take from my point of view is I think it's a really nice, cool piece of kit. And uh, I although I've, I've shat on it in terms of the actual idea, it's more to do with the actual launch games that are coming out. Because five games is fucking stupid. It's, oh, it's, yeah, that's bad. It's shit. I know there's going to be downloadable stuff, but it's absolutely awful. Um, and then, but the actual tech itself, I came away thinking, it's cool. I can see that, you know, it's going to be uh, a cool thing to have. Do you know what I mean? It's still like they're clinging to the sort of like the motion controls where most people have sort of moved away from them. Um, that's the only Nintendo part of the, that feels like this. The actual tablet itself is, is quite a nice size, shape. It feels good. It's not too heavy. Um, and it's cool that you can sort of like play games on a big TV and then you can take it away with you and play elsewhere. Battery life's about three hours, but whatever, you know. Um, so well, we we came away. The biggest indictment I can guess, or you know, I can say about that event was Wayne, my friend who we went with. He got one pre-ordered, and although we both had fun with it, he went into game um, in Birmingham on the way back home and cancelled his pre-order. And, wow. And, so do you know what I mean? It's yeah. it's it's going to be cool. It's going to be a nice little thing to have, but it's at launch. Unless you're desperate to have one, there's no 
real point. If you've got a Wii U particularly, and if you're desperate to play Zelda, then you might as well just get it on the Wii U and wait yeah. for a little while. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if it's su- successful. I think from what I've sort of seen and heard of like Amazon and all that kind of stuff, like pre-orders were sold out, and slowly but surely, it's like they're becoming more available and I'm, mm-hmm. I think that's possibly because people are cancelling their pre-orders yeah. so but yeah I got, I'm glad I got to have some time with it so my problem is I don't get chance to play handheld games much these days I suppose it would be cool to sort of like you know play it on the TV and then take that game away with you if I went to work and play it my lunchtime and if I got a chance or whatever so but yeah we'll see yeah, yeah it's one of those yeah, I think God, I think the last Nintendo console that I I bought was the GameCube. Um, it's one of those where, again, I think it's the same with a lot of people. You'll get Nintendo one for the exclusives, won't you? And then yeah, but if you know if it's only launching with <laughs> most of the ones it's launching with, you can play on other systems anyway. You, you're better off holding back. With, you know, you'll get the inevitable price drop for the hardware as well, won't you? You know, so yeah, and it's two hundred ninety nine pound with no game. Um, and, and all the extras as well you've got to buy all the extras so. yeah all this sort of and we played a game called Arms which doesn't come out till uh, later on in the year I think basically it's like a Wii boxing game where you hold these two Joy-Cons you've got one in each hand and you do the motions for boxing yeah. and it was really fun it was a really fun game you know kind of like it's set like a futuristic kind of boxing game where you've got these these like boxing gloves set on springs so if you punch like with your left you know arm or you know your left hand it will spring out but if you sort of like do a hook motion it will go out at an angle and you can move around and you can if you push them out together you'll grab your enemy it does seem like there's a fair bit of depth to it but then i said to wayne you're not going to play this on your own you know you're not going to play this game on your own because you know we were playing together and having great fun you know we had a great laugh but then and if you you are going to play two player and if your friend hasn't got um, a, a switch. They're gonna. Have to, you're gonna have to buy, or they're gonna have to buy two more Joy Cons, mm. which is gonna set you back about seventy, eighty quid. Bloody so, hell! You know, none of these accessories are fucking cheap by any uh, you know means. So, it, I'll, we'll see. I think it, it's it's too expensive for what it is. And one two switch should have been a packing game. That should be like your Wii Sports. Because the reason why the Wii sort of like took off so well was because Wii Sports was bundled in with it yeah and everybody played tennis for the first time and thought this is fucking tennis tennis and bowling mate that was it this is fucking amazing yeah you were good to go with that you're hitting the, you know, you're, you know, it's not even accurate by any stretch of the match, but all you had to do is swing your, your arm. You got the feedback from the noise from the actual remote itself, and it vibrated, and it, it was like, this is fucking amazing, <laughs> you know, but there's nothing packed in, so you you are going to have to buy it. So it's going to cost you at least 300, 310, 320 quid. That's just for one game and the console. So, yeah, a bit pricey. A lot of moolah. Certainly is, yeah. Um, I have got one other game. Ooh. I don't know if do you shall I pass it over to you because I've talked for a little bit now. So, have you go got any it. games? Yeah, I'll, I'll go through mine then, and I'll pass it back to you. I, um, since we last recorded, I have completed four games. Fuck. From start to finish. Wow, you're on a roll. There you go. I've completed uh, Deadpool on the PS4. 
Any good? I've heard it's a bit shit. It's actually, it's not bad. It's a third person um, action shooter slash platformer slash 2D platformer in places. Uh, It's, it's a bit janky, mate. It needs a good bit of spit and polish. Um, It falls down in quite a few places. What keeps it going is I enjoyed the story to it. And the humour in it appealed to me because it's sort of immature, rude stuff. So I was just laughing all the way through it. So that kept me um, going. The one thing that did piss me off, but it's a thing that I've got with Lowe's, is fucking boss battles. There was, I got to the stage and I got like about three quarters of the way through it. And I got to this one particular one. I had to drop it down to easy. I was playing on normal. I had to drop it down to easy to get past it. And there was another one near the end where it's just like, as well as having the boss, it throws like a load of its little minions at you as well. And you've got to keep your eye on 50 different things at once. Um, So that kind of pissed me off. But not to the point... I mean, this says it all. I kept... I did drop it down to to easy, but I kept going with it and I played it right to the end because I wanted to see how it finished. It was the story and the humour that kept me going and I sort of turned a blind eye to when it got a bit... Oof, that's a bit rough around the edges, you know. Um, but yeah, I'd recommend it as... As uh, if you want a bit of a laugh, it's nothing, you know, if you've got a backlog of games, I'm sure you'll have many that are a lot better than it. But I picked it up cheap. I think it was eight quid that I I bought it for in the sale. Um, I got more than eight quid's worth of enjoyment out of it. So, yeah, it was a steal at that price. That's cool. Mm. Uh, And then I've completed as well. The other three are all linked together. Uh, Halo Combat Evolved Anniversary Edition. Halo 2 Anniversary Edition. Bloody hell. Surprise, surprise. Halo 3. Nice. Anniversary edition. Um, I've just started Halo 4. Uh, And I picked up as well um, Halo ODST because I got it. And again, um, Frugal Gaming, if anybody doesn't follow Frugal Gaming on Twitter, I'll put a link on the uh, podcast notes on the website. Follow them because I got some great bargains. I got this. The Halo collection for the Xbox One. Uh, I think it was £5 and change. I think. So you get like Halo 1 through 4. And then also within that, I bought ODST. I think it was £1.30 something for ODST or something like that. Or it could have been £3. It was £3 at the very most. Yeah. So I think, you know, for about eight quid for five Halo games. Now I've completed, I completed 1 through 3 back when they came out. Um, Completed 3 on Legendary. What I've got to say upon replaying them... um, they do look nice. The first couple of games especially look really nice with a bit of, you know, high-def polish. And they've redone the cutscenes in it. So graphically, it was quite stunning in places. Uh, what did get me is, oh my God, mate, how repetitive the assets in the game are. Yeah. I, now, I could remember, like, the library level and knowing that, you know, that was similar and similar. But across, across all three so far, it's like, I cannot believe the amount of times... <gasps> oh, excuse me. Um that stuff is just repeated and it is it's quite bland and i know they're not like brand new games but it's ending up going i've seen all that you know this is the same corridor that i've been through like about 50 times already yet again um and the gunplay didn't wow me as much as it did and i know you've got to go back to when it was released and i remember dual wielding weapons in was it Halo Two? I think introduced that for the That's first right, time, yeah, yeah. and that was like, oh my god, yeah, you can have like you can have a gun in each hand, and you know we just take that kind of stuff for granted now. Um, 
But yeah, it did sort of wipe a little bit of the colour from a rose-tinted glasses about the Halo games, I've got to admit, replaying it. I'm, mm. You know, I have had fun going through it, um, but nowhere near as much as I did originally. So, no. but for the you know for that bargain price, and I also picked up which I haven't touched yet again through Frugal Gaming. Uh, this was for the Xbox One. Was and I know it's it's not like the best of the series apparently from reading the reviews, but um, Assassin's Creed Unity, and I bought it. It was one pound thirty two. That's crazy, isn't it? For the Xbox One, they recently again Frugal Gaming advertised it uh, eighty four pence. Fucking hell! Oh my god! So I've got that to play. Um, but yeah, I think on the Xbox One, Halo 4 will be the next one. But I've been, um, as you well know, Matt, I've just been playing through Skyrim while I've been ill. It's one of those where I can just sit and relax and put my feet up and get lost in the world. Uh, and I know most people have already completed it, but I'm, I'm loving it, really loving it. Yeah, I've got it. Um, and I did have it on my list of games to look at completing because, you know, I'm part of this sort of uh, dirty mm. 30 thing. But I took it off because I just thought... I've got The Witcher 3, I've got oh, Metal yeah. Gear Solid 5, I've got Mad Max. That's, oh, Mad um, Max is good as well. You know, I've got loads of open world games. It's a lot I'm of just, hours. I'm not going to get around to playing yeah. this. As much as I, I've, I've turned it on and I've played the opening scene where the dragon attacks and mm. you're about to get your head, your head cut off and it looks great. I mean, I've got the definitive edition on the PC, you know. So. Yeah, that's why I picked up on the, on the PS4. It looks good and everything, but I'm just like... Mm. I can't be bothered with this. So I'll wait. Maybe if I finish The Witcher, I'll stick it on or something. So yeah. I think he's not going anywhere, is he? Well, that's but... it. That's the thing, isn't it? It's always going to be there for you. Yeah. Go on then, mate. What have you got? Um, so uh, I have to thank Rebellion for this. Um, I contacted them uh, uh, later. Well, no, it was earlier on this week, I think it was. I can't remember now. Um, basically, the Sniper Elite 4. Mm. Uh, came out on Valentine's Day on the 14th of uh, February and so I contacted them said look you know this is the website you know if you want to send us a review code I'd be more than happy to write a review of it and they replied they were really good within the day you know they'd sort of like we'd, we'd had a bit of a chat backward and forth and they sent me a re- review copy which was really kind so I have to thank them for that um, and I have to say it's one of I know it's early days and I know I'm not playing or I'm not buying games shall we say but it's one of my favourite games I've played this year and I know it's only February but it's a contender to be my top 10 games of this year Um, I'd played Sniper Elite 3 um, on the Xbox co-op with Wayne Um, we never completed it but we we played it had a lot of fun with it oh Uh, good because I've got I've got that to play still that's on my that's queued in my digital libraries is number three I'm sure you'll like it it's a third person sort of those games are third person action stealth um, World War 2 games where um you are in a sort of different environment Uh, Sniper Elite 3 you're more in the desert I think it's set in Africa and you know you, you get a set of um objectives to to do uh they could be sabotage something kill somebody or you know the usual kind of shits whatever hmm. the story uh, even with four is not that particularly uh, interesting to me it's the gameplay that's kind of the, the most exciting thing and interesting thing for this so you you know you kind of like sneak around you uh you got a set of binoculars you highlight enemies and you can either take them out slowly by melee killing them or you can snipe them and 
the thing with four in particular is that sound and the environment plays a massive part so um let's say for instance you can sabotage a a generator that's kind of just you know whirring along but if you give it a kick or shoot it it'll start coughing and spluttering and sort of like you know making a load of noise and whatever if you're next to that when you start sniping stuff it's uh it will mask your shots ah, uh, or, or, or okay. if uh, pl- planes are flying overhead if you time your shot at the right time and you you know you have to slow down your breath sort of like and you get like a slow motion crosshairs that appears over the the targets um then you know they're not the enemy isn't going to hear you or if like on one particular uh, part of the level there were like these massive guns that were firing every like periodically so if you time your shots you can kill enemies like without people noticing um the big thing and i hate to call it a gimmick because uh, although it kind of is and it isn't but to call it a gimmick kind of almost does uh, sniper elite for a disservice is that it has this bullet cam uh, kill cam so it when you fire it doesn't do it all the time but it will do it the majority of the time if you target a certain body part so it could either be the brain it could be the stomach it could be the heart it could be the testicles for fuck's sake um the bullet will slow the camera will sort of like sort of pan around uh, to you or the you know the your gun slow motion shot of your uh, bullet coming out of the gun slowly traveling across the, the map to your target wherever it is and wherever it is you hit it will then start off with like you see them from the outside but then as the bullet enters their body and it sounds gruesome and it is <laughs> bloody horrible but you know, amazing at the same time is you get like an x-ray view of the inside of their body and so with if say for instance you hit you know it's a, a headshot you'll see the fucking like skull shatter the bullet going <laughs> through the brain and leaving the back of the head and the, the shell casing sort of like you know just or the bullet kind of just upon impact shredding the body or the testicles you'll see like the inside of the testicles exploding oh the, the, it's, it's gruesome but i'm telling you what now it fucking never got old doesn't matter how many times I've, I've shot people with my sniper rifle but the beauty of the game is that although you can and it, I, I totally advise people to go around the map slowly um is that you could because you've got machine gun you've got uh, different sort of like accessories like mines tnt traps tripwires all that kind of stuff uh is you can go in all guns blazing but you probably aren't going to last very long because you aren't particularly accurate with a machine gun like you'll fire a direct you know you won't be that far away from an enemy but if you fire a machine gun at them you will hit them but you won't kill them straight away whereas they're very accurate sort of firing their machine gun right, so okay. it, it, it does encourage you to use your um your stealth and snipe uh, you know things because obviously that's the name of the game isn't it Snipe, yeah. Sniper Elite um, the, the, the actual map sizes um, from what I've read um, although previously like say in 3 you've got like a, a fairly decent sized open world so you can sort of I'm not talking like GTA size you know we're talking like a, a bit of a sort of like you know an area that you can wander around and move you know do your tackle your objectives in different sort of like uh, whichever way you want to Um this these maps are about three times the size and it is like playing in a fantastic little sandbox and what i loved about the game was that you can do all the sniping and everything else but when and inevitably things do go a bit tits up um 
and you do the, the enemy's AI is quite clever because they will sort of like tri- triangulate your position based on where they last saw you or where you they saw your gun sort of like being fired or the noise being heard and everything so you can kind of they have different alert phases so like if you see them on the map they're just patrolling around and and you can actually listen to their conversations and they're like talking to each <laughs> other about you know kind of like things that they miss back home or you know oh they're really bored and everything so that just adds an extra little bit of polish to the game so um you can sort of like watch them for a while and then if things they'll, they'll, if they do hear a noise and you've got like um you pull up like a little kind of um wheel like inventory wheel kind of thing or you know when you select your weapons and everything else yeah. and it'll slow down time a little bit you know not won't stop it permanently but it will slow it down slightly so like you pick a rock or a whistle and it's a bit like little metal gear i guess or something else. if you kind of like whistle they'll come and investigate it and then sort of like that's the the yellow phase like they're kind of curious as to what's going on and then when it's like in their red phase they know you're there and they'll come and chase you down you've got like other snipers which is like fucking a, a great little game of cat and mouse because it will like you'll get the sound it'll be like a piercing kind of like zing, kind of like and then you'll see a little a little flash in the like the distance where this sniper is and then you'll literally have seconds to either get out the way or to take him out because um the, these snipers are deadly like you do you know what i mean yeah or they'll have like spotters and they'll fire a flare into the air where you were last seen which will then a signal a fucking airstrike so you oh have to God. and or they'll have like radio guys and they're kind of all signals so you know what they look like um who will call in additional troops like support to sort of help them so they're really clever so you can't really go toe to toe but like i said some of the most fun i've had with the game is when i am being pursued because even though you are totally outnumbered because it's literally you against say 50 70 sort of different soldiers um you feel like you are the hunter rather than sort of the hunted mm-hmm. because, you know, you can use everything, all your little tricks and, and the environment to your advantage. So if you are being chased, there's no, I've had not, you know, nothing's sort of like come close to the fun I've had where you can booby trap bodies or vehicles <laughs> or you can set like a little trip wire sort of like so you get them to chase you. So then they kind of trigger these traps. And again, that goes into like this slow motion view of the bomb or the uh, the mine going off. And then it's sort of like the whole of their body spins splintering and shattering as they get blown away um and also you, the, the, the melee kills really sort of um quite visceral as well and this is the first time i think they've done it in Snipe, sniper elite 4 where your melee kills they go into this sort of like um uh, x-ray view as well so you know you kind of like can slice their neck or punch them in the face it's a bit like you know the, the more recent mortal Kombat games yeah you know which are gruesome as well and you kind of like see the damage it's doing internally to the uh to that the soldiers great it's really really good i've played it like consistently pretty much every day since we've uh, since we've i've had the code and it's there's eight levels you can play it co-op uh, in co-op there's other challenge missions that you can do um i'm on the last level um like i and i've spent uh on some levels about two and a half to three hours because i've been taking it really slow and then on some of the levels i've spent like an hour an hour and 10 minutes because i've started off slow and then it's like oh fuck this and then i'll just kind of (laughs) go running around and you let them chase me and then like set up all these little traps and the thing is like they've got like most of your weapons and accessories have got secondary um 
uh, things that you can, like, say a mine, you can have it, like, just say a bog-standard mine. If they step on it, it'll blow up. Or you can have, like, a time delay on it, which, again, is very simple to do. All you do is to, like, bring up the wheel, select the mine, and then right bumper to, to actually sort of, uh, select the secondary usage of it yeah. where it's like a time delay so that way if you've got say a patrol of about four or five different troops so instead of it just taking out the first one who steps on it it will wait until like say the second or third <laughs> oh, one's there evil. so it blows up all the fuckers <laughs> um it's fantastic it is the, probably it's the most polished um sniper game i've i've played and i say admittedly i've only played three but the other game that they they've done in this series is called zombie army trilogy which if you see that cheap is well worth picking up as although it's the same pretty much same kind of game mechanics yeah. i think it, it uses the same game engine but it's more of a tongue-in-cheek kind of um grindhouse feel to it where it's you know like your uh, like um, oh, what was that? Like dead snow, or yeah. you know, it's sort of like you know, you're you're trying to stop a. Uh, it's like Left for Dead, but third person, and you're trying to stop um, you know, the zomb- the, the the Nazi zombie army, you know, taking over the world. And there's lots of occult stuff in it, and it's 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 more action, you know, than zombie uh, sniper elite. Yeah. But this is fantastic, honestly. And I'll finish my review. I'll. I'll uh, just get my wife to check it through for grammar <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, uh, and whatever and just make sure it reads okay and then I'll send it over and it should be up on the website whenever you get it and whenever you can put it up so nice. highly recommended highly highly recommended you know if you have got three then play it if you do get a chance I haven't got it on PlayStation unfortunately but um, it's well worth playing in co-op as well because again we had really good fun so like because you've got these set of binoculars like one of you can hide up in a tower or the hills or wherever and watch through your binoculars as the other player is on the other side of the map like literally a good sort of like five minutes away from you in terms of walking distance Hmm. and then you can say stop there's a soldier in front of you and then you kind of like wait for him to pass and then you stick your knife in his back and then it's like you hide the body and and it's it kind of reminds me of like hitman games in some ways but uh, you know honestly that like i said that kind of kill camera is brilliant you know it's like they've got they've got this uh, rebellion they've got this um this for, brilliant formula you know to, to sort of and it, it is the again i've not played all of them admittedly but for me it's the most polished game in the series looks great you're in italy so there's lots of um vineyards and castles and beaches and you know kind of like green areas and stuff like that and it's brilliant i you know i'm playing it on pc it's it's fantastic you know i think people are we um went to a talk uh by rebellion at eurogamer and they were talking about this last september um you know and saying that they've worked on a number of different things just little things as well that kind of immerse you more into the game where like i said you can listen to the soldiers talking about their Mm, sort of like their lives and it's not just you know you know the fucking evil germans and stuff like that that you know you you know you you're working with the mafia in some cases so it's like kind of you're fighting against the fascists and other people and and that you can find like letters on their bodies and stuff like that and you know it's just little twitches like that that kind of immerse you into the world a little bit more really good really really good like i said a contender from one of my favorite games of the year so far for sure bloody hell 
That sounds amazing. It's, <laughs> it's I'm awesome. Have to. Yeah, yeah, I will get. I'll get number three out of the way this year then, as well. And then, uh, yeah, from what you've said there, mate, and then your review that's incoming will be up on the site. Yeah, I'll have to put four on, uh, four on the list to buy. I think. Yeah, and considering because like the thing is like you say Battlefield, Call of Duty, or I know they're first-person shooter games, but you know they're like odd classes triple a where money's no expense they fucking spend a fortune on those games whereas this is a british developer and publisher you know and they don't have a, 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 a an endless pot of money and yet this feels like it's a it's a a, a sort of um if you like kind of proper triple a game not to that's not to do it as a disservice hmm, but yeah. it's like one of those like similar to uh the way you describe deadpool in as much as that hmm. you can tell that they haven't quite got loads of money to spend on graphics or gameplay yeah. like the, the the sort of some of the gameplay in, in like three is perhaps a little bit janky like in terms of the way the character moves and stuff like that but with this it's like they've actually you know since three came out um which was uh, 2014, so you know it's sort of like three years ago almost. Um, they've really perfected this what they've you know what they've got. Um, so and there won't be you know this won't be the end of, of those games. There'll be another one because you know they can they they've got a formula you know and they can just carry on perfecting it. So really good and definitely get Zombie Army trilogy because there's yeah, nothing better. Yeah, watch out for that. Get killing you know nazi zombies i think that's been in the psn sales as well recently no yeah no doubts yeah we've, yeah, we've got it on xbox out. it's really good fun really oh. good fun oh good more more good recommendations how about that an episode packed with some great recommendations yeah and ball talk and ball talk yeah and sex toy talk you can't, yeah. you can't go wrong we covered all bases there definitely <laughs> <laughs> Um, right, we should say then, we've mentioned reviews, and you know, you said there's been quite a few gone up lately, there's loads more still to go up. Uh, people will be sat there and going, where can we read these great reviews? Well, all you have to do is go to 60minuteswith.co.uk, and they're all there, as are all of the podcasts as well. Um, Facebook, facebook.com slash 60minuteswith, 60minuteswith on Twitter and Instagram as well. We're, we're just all over the place, aren't we, mate? Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Take over the world. Yeah. And you, you on Twitter, your good self. I'm at Dastardly Jabby. Mm. If they want to follow Tina, she's at Spanky Spangler as well. Uh, Check what, out her art as well. Yeah. At, at Tina, they should know this. She'll kill me if I don't get it right. At Tina Wales Art. Sounds yes. right. Yeah. I'm going to go with that at the moment. Yeah. There'll, there'll be a link on this episode's notes on the website anyway. Yeah, follow that. Um, because she paints a lot. And she's got an exhibition as well at the moment here in North Wales. So, And she has a website. Oh, my God, yeah. Let's go and visit that. Buy art from her. Make her happy and buy her paintings. That'll That's make her very happy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, another thing as well. Uh, instead of the usual music, that will, you know, our theme tune that would play us out, um, I'm going to play a song for everybody instead. Uh, now, I talked to you about this briefly before we went on air, didn't I, mate? Mm. Um and it's Tina's son, Wes, who you may or may not know, depending on how long you've been listening to us, uh, is the vocalist in, in a band called Napoleon. Uh, and he is he's in Europe, actually, as we record. He's playing in Germany tonight at a festival with Napoleon, who, um, to be completely honest, is not my kind of music because there's a lot of 
shouty shouty gruff vocally stuff twiddly guitar stuff it's not my kind of thing check them out it might be your kind of thing again i'll put a link in to this episode but we're not going to play napoleon because wes has started um a solo project up called avinoir um he's hoping to release his first ep um because the Napoleon Band are working on their second album, but as a solo artist, he's hoping to release his first EP this year. Uh, he did put onto SoundCloud his first track, which is called Mercury Retrograde, and we're going to play that out. We're going to play that out to end the show with. So if you do like it, which hopefully you do, um, again, the links will be on the website to how you can find and follow him online. Um, give him a follow. That would make him really happy. Like I say, he's trying to get this solo project off. Have a listen. Um tell your friends i like it and i'm not saying that just because he's tina's son uh i think it's i think it's a really beautiful track so yeah spread the word spread the word mm. that'd be really nice fantastic uh, mate yeah is there is there anything you'd uh, like to add before you you go off and tickle your balls for a bit <laughs> uh no it's been lovely chatting to you i'm i'm glad you're still around i'm alive for now mate. <laughs> this guy, you never know if, if this is the last episode that i do it's it'll be a fitting one with what we what we covered <laughs> definitely yeah i did take a picture by the way of our skype chat um i should tweet it out really because it's it looks quite amazing <laughs> with all the links that are in there <laughs> yeah right then should we bugger off then I think we should. Okay, let let's leave everybody with a little bit, uh, a little bit of avenoir. Through a blossom of joy. 